All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Marvel. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 314. And this episode is brought to you by Hasbro with the new Thor and Hulk interactive figures. You can learn more about them at HasbroToyShop.com. But I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, joined by... Tucker Marcus. Hey! We did it. all here, man. We did it. Hey. We are doing good. You guys saw... Thor Ragnarok last night? Sure did. That's yeah, right. I mean, this is not your first time seeing it, correct, Ryan? Sure is not. Um, Number Tucker, two for Tucker, me. Maggie, this is your first time seeing it. Maggie, just without making a noise, tell us what you thought. I'll interpret for you. Uh, wave, wavy hands, no. uh, really excited. Then she threw up on herself. Maggie <laughs> is in a really good mood because she has been getting to rewatch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all day, which is her favorite show. And that's a job. And that uh, she's getting, that's a job that she's getting know. to do thanks to us here at Marvel. Yep. Um, she's getting to re-examine all the best Fitzsimmons moments. They're her favorite couple. She ships them hardcore. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is something she's getting paid to do. Yep. It's great. What a life. Yeah. What, where was this when we were kids? I don't know. <laughs> Shoveling snow. <laughs> raking yards. Yeah. Building my, fences. My first job was at 15, and I have not worked. I have worked nonstop since then. So. Yeah. Yeah. What was your What was your job when you were fifteen? What was your first job? Uh, the first job was, was it a video store. No, no, that, was, that, that came, came later. later. Okay, uh, was as a like ice cream scoop kid. Oh yeah, at a well at a Italian restaurant that also had homemade gelato. Really, that was some good ass gelato. Il gelato, Il gelato in Franklin Square, like, New York. Wow, nice. Yes, were you adorable? I probably was. Just so precious, you know, scooping like your, <laughs> scooping your ice cream. The owner, super creepy. Ooh, creepy okay. to all the women there. Anyway, Ooh. Um, Ooh. let's uh, let's see. I so in my my new notes formatting. Mm-hmm. Impressed that right? you stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this is forever. Now. This is forever. I've got a banter section mm-hmm. to things that because you know I always want to remember the things that we want to talk about. Right. Right. One of the things I wanted to follow up on was uh, last week we had a couple questions about sure. Run Disney and the races oh, that yeah. are happening there yeah, yeah. in 2018. Some of our listeners, uh, like me, do the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. Want to make sure that they get their Infinity Gauntlet medals. Um, so just uh, a confirmation that um, the rescheduling uh, the um, race weekends at Disneyland Resort will be placed on hiatus beginning in 2018. Um, we don't really have any more information, but I mean, you know, talking to the Run Disney team, uh, it's, you know, there's construction and other things that are making sure that they want to keep everybody safe, keep everybody having the best experience. And I think the best experience is probably the most important thing there because as someone who runs it, I want to have a good time. And I know that 
that's a hard decision. So they're making those hard decisions uh, with the intent for us to to have the best races. So when there's more info for all you uh, or your listeners who run like uh, like I do, then we'll deliver it. But um, there's going to be an episode of the Big Marvel Show uh, as us on the last race uh, for this year at the Avengers Superhero Half Marathon. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Let's check that out. And that's good. Um, I want to shout out Jason Kim, our uh, listener from Hawaii. Oh, yeah, you know Jason. Jason. Yep. Love Jason. Uh, he's been sending me emails about uh, spam-related news stories really? in Hawaii, like spam the food. Oh. Uh, it's great. His emails are always like, you do not have to respond to this. But I thought you'd find it interesting. <laughs> and do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're fun. Uh, weird stuff. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting. <laughs> so thank you to Jason for those. Um as you heard a couple minutes ago, uh, this episode is sponsored by Hasbro. Hasbro. Uh, one Excited of, to have them on board as a sponsor. Yeah, yeah definitely. Us too. Uh, me too. Uh, going to have a couple episodes with them as our sponsor for the holiday time. Uh, so we're going to do a couple fun things with that in mind. We're going to talk about some different stuff. Uh, each of those episodes today, uh, we'll talk a little bit more a little bit later about the Thor and Hulk interactive figures. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're going to talk Marvel Legends in a future episode. We're going to talk about some of the other things that they have yeah. uh, that came cool out this stuff. year and a little bit about what's coming up next year uh, with Hasbro. So stay tuned for the next couple episodes with, uh, I think, every other week uh, into December. We're going to have Hasbro on board, which is fun. But we're also changing up our Twim URCs, as mm-hmm. many of you know. Uh, they're going to be holiday themed mm-hmm. to tie in with our holiday sponsor. So uh, we're going to get into that. We have a special guest. Special guest. Yeah. Arthur not Parsons. Tucker. Nope, not Tucker. Nope. Uh, Arthur Parsons, who is game director at TT Games uh, or design director, head, dire- head of design at TT Games, Arthur Parsons. Uh, he is going to join us for the Twim URC. Yep, and today's t- Twim URC on the first, the first holiday issues, which are Spider-Man's Tangled Web number 21 and Marvel Holiday Special 2004. Yes. And my, my final point before we dive into the books final is... a bit of banter. Uh, Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man trailer for oh. the PlayStation yes. 4. Phenomenal. Y'all. So cool. Yeah, cool as that look. Yeah, really awesome. excited. Uh, I've been so busy that I haven't... I didn't get a chance to watch it before we put it up. Uh, and I, like, was waiting and waiting and waiting and bugging Alex on the social team. Like, when is it up? Let me put... Mm-hmm. Let me, can I put it out there? Can Poor I share Alex. it? And uh, we got it out, and it is great. You What's get a little, been the reception? Very positive. You're plugged into the will of the yeah. people. You know, it was an interesting one. Someone was like, well, how much of it was, like, you know, like, cinematic, and how much was gameplay? It was because it all looks cinematic, mm-hmm. but there's so much yeah. gameplay and actual things and, like, the, the cool aspects of that game we're going to dive into more and more uh, as we get closer to release, and... It's great. There's also other game stuff that I've been, you know, peeking my head in on lately, and it's it's really neat. It's I got a lot of fun on. stuff going on. It's coming along nicely. Yeah. Um, but if you're just joining us, we're going to also dive into the new comics out this week, print and digital single issues collections, talk about a little bit of news. you got some guests to talk about some news. I do, I do. We're going to get into some big Spider-Man stuff later in this episode. Yep. Um, one character in particular is lighting the Spider-Verse on fire. Yeah. A longtime supporting character who I know we'll talk about. And I'm going to have the Spider-Man editors in here to mm-hmm. discuss it further. Yep. And then uh, then we'll have your Twim URC. Yep. Uh, but first... We'll go uh, out west at some point, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You like that? No, it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, comics. Who's up first? I'm up first. Yeah, Tucker. Tucker switched things up. Can I... I'll be honest with the listeners. I'll pull back the curtain. Oh, mm. wow. 
Tucker. Oh, open the kimono. Tucker chose two comics. Yep. I took one, <laughs> and I forced Ben to take the other one. Yeah. Sorry, Tucker. Uh, I yeah. think that just reflects really well on me. It just means that you made the right for choices. once. I made I made choices that are universally agreed upon, and uh, you know I, I'll just carry that with you me know, through the rest just, of the day. You're low man on the totem pole. It's, you know, you got to take your licks and uh, keep on ticking. And we just have to know that you and I have to pick first. Yeah, you <laughs> should right. pick first. But that does not mean that my pick is any mm -hmm. worse than what I was no, going with before. Not. I have. The Avengers, number 673, written by Mark Wade, art by Javier Pina and Paco Diaz. Javier course. Pina, true talent. Yes. Excited to have totally on board. Colors yeah. by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, and we, first page, we get a splash of Falcon and Viv running from some really awesome, crazy beasts? You gotta describe them a little more than that. Uh, okay, here we go. They're riding kind of dinosaur lizards. One mm -hmm. is like a bear man, and the other one is like a pig rat man? I think that might be a bat. Yeah, that's a definitely that's a like, bat. like a man bat. You need to learn more about bats, son. Yeah. Did you know, I mean, if you really think about it, bats are just pigs and rats Not with wings. That's pig terrible. plus rat plus wings equals bat. bat? Uh, no, 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 this looks like some sort of bat man. The e <laughs> Yeah, like a uh, a man that's also a bat yeah. of some sort, like like a man bat. He would strike fear into any like, hearts. Yeah, a any cowardly hearts and. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they're being chased through this alternate world. We don't know where they are exactly just yet. I know where they are. Uh, yeah, I mean the story's led us pretty obvious. Yeah, well, to where exactly we we figured. Yeah. Well, look, I say that because when you turn the page, we go back to Earth, and this one is unlabeled. So, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, when we return to Earth, we your see... labels. <laughs> you know, I love Editor's note. Yeah. Y'all need uh, labels for your planets. Uh, the Avengers and the Champions are taking on this uh, other kind of beast. Uh, what kind of beast would you call that? What's a Gorgon? Uh, no, that's not a Gorgon. No. A Gorgon, a Gorgon is, is, is like, like a Medusa. 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 Uh, Medusa and her oh, sisters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is like a, it's like a, it's like a middle-aged man plus a wildebeest. It's a minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's I mean, a fair description of a minotaur, yeah, I guess. Middle-aged yeah. man. I need to pick up on my cryptozoology. Yes, you um, do. Very much so. Uh, anyway, they're figuring out what, how to handle this beast, uh, the two crews. Uh, and he says some really uh, uh, ominous stuff and Hurtful then refers stuff. to and his leader, the sacred high evolutionary who yep. exists on this kind of counter-Earth. High evolutionary, great villain. Yep. Uh, gets trucked out every so often. Some of his appearances are great. Some of his appearances are eh, not so much. He's been diminished a little. I think Mark Wade will handle him with uh, proper care. I like that. He's basically set him up as the god mm -hmm. of counter earth, and he's referring to himself as a god. He thinks of himself as a god like me. It's, it's a it's a good take on the he. Uh, the uh, so the Minotaur outlines the concept of this counter earth and how it is spinning in relation to Earth on a collision course with Earth, uh, and that's exactly where Vision and or sorry Viv Vision's daughter and uh, Falcon are trapped. I love the the science of it. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah. oh yeah, they get very into the vibration. This planet's vibrating at like you know this speed and this speed and you know science and yeah. everything happens together. This is, it's like a very silver agey yes. Mark Wade script, which you're right makes sense. So good. 
And yeah. and Amadeus, of course, is the one who kind of unlocks the science of it all. Can we talk about this panel? Though? Yeah, please. Uh, high evolutionary on his throne, which is set upon a pile of what looks like skulls, human skulls. Yeah. Uh, super creepy. Behind him, he's got like DNA art turning mm-hmm. into bodies. Like, yep. <laughs> this is a very cool very shot cool establishing uh, high evolutionary and like his like. This badass. Yeah. Bumping Uh, them up. So Vision and Falcon are taken captive by uh, the High Evolutionary. He says to Falcon, he says, uh, oh, man-made or fake wings. Poor Falcon. That won't do. Take him. Remember when he was just Cap Wolf like a year ago? (laughs) He's like... He's He's been put through it. He's going to get turned into an animal again. You know it. They're going to turn him into a man Falcon. (laughs) Uh, So he says, take him, go experiment on him. Obviously, uh, he is interested in evolution. So, (laughs) and then he says that... Unearned pause. So he says that Viv uh, is in for a similar treatment. And back on Earth, uh, the Avengers assemble with the champions, take on more of the alternate Earth uh, creatures, and then there's a really great moment where they're about to fight, they're all about to throw down, and then they kind of just stop and they're like, we don't need to do this. Yeah, the, the, the man beasts are like, wait. I don't want to do this. They're not here to fight. They yeah. just showed up looking scary. Yeah, except the one dude, Steve yeah. over here. Steve. You know, itchy trigger finger <laughs> Steve. Classic Steve. Uh, what would you say Steve looks like? Uh, let me see. He's sort of like a... He's like a jungle cat. A wolf? Maybe. Cat bear man? Yeah. Wolf cat bear man. Yeah. So wolf cat bear man pops off a little bit. He's handled quickly. Okay, Steve. Um, uh, the Avengers uh, and the champions know that something needs to be done. Back with the high evolutionary. Uh, he says, Viv, take a look at your new self. And take a look whoa, at yourself. We have some big changes on cool the horizon. Yeah. Very uh, cool. Yeah. And... Uh, Next up, uh, we can, the story continues in Champions number fourteen. Yeah, uh, coming sure out next. Uh, I like that. That's the like that cliffhanger being there, but I also want her to be like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Next issue, just be like, okay. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Nice job, everyone. Yes. All right. Oh boy. On this to one is a goodie. Oh yeah, Capitan America mm-hmm. number six hundred and ninety-five. Did it. Uh, it's issue one, part one, uh, I should say, of Home of the Brave, the legacy arc. This is by Mark Wade and Chris Somne, uh, with colors by Matt Wilson. So it's right there. It's amazing. You could, like, anything. Mm-hmm. Anything that that trio, along with Whatever Joe- these guys want to get up to. They want to do a Sleepwalker book, let them do a Sleepwalker book. They want to do... Uh, Give me something good. I'm trying. Terror yeah. Incorporated book. Let them do a Terror Incorporated book. I'm in. They want to do... Uh, see, so many things that I would think of are actually being brought back as one-shots yeah. from the Legacy. I'm like, Silver Sable in the Wild Pack, <laughs> Darkhawk, all just, you know, existing. Again. Yeah. Uh, but the three of them, and then you add Joe Caramagna, mm. who... Brilliant letterer. Saw him last night at the uh, screening. Yeah, how's he Always doing? good to see Joe. How's he doing? It's good. It's good. good. Didn't it's have any donuts day. as far as I could tell, but, you know, it's okay. Um, so we have this team. It's incredible. They're looking at Captain America now in the fallout of Secret Empire. Uh, you've got Cap who, what a version of him, not the Cap that we know, but a version of him, went around 
doing awful things, mm -hmm. terrorizing the country, the world, people, everything. And he has to deal with the repercussions because the evil cap is locked away. Yep. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of making up to do to the yep. people of Marvel Universe. A lot of making up and a lot of making out, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Especially if Bucky's in the book. Yeah. The, the thing... I got caught up. I was like, oh, we put the legacy page at the beginning because you've got this this Good recap point, of who Steve Rogers is right up front. And it is gorgeous yeah. and it is perfect. Perfectly done. Uh, it's a one page. And I was like, oh. And then, boom, we're right into the action. And Cap is leaping. And I got thrown for a loop here because mm. I was like, wait. Everything's okay. Yeah. everything's. These people don't really know, don't know who, who Captain America is. Right. Was there a whammy put on everybody? <laughs> is that what the story is? No I got whammy. really confused. Uh, but you get this cool story and you find out this is a story from when Cap first reappeared after he was brought out of the ice by the Avengers. So we get this cool flashback right in the beginning. You don't even know it's a flashback. Uh, it's cool. Very Cap. He's protecting people. He's teaching people. He's, mm -hmm. you know, like inspiring the kids the central tenet he basically gives and the kids pick up on is if you are stronger than someone else you have the responsibility to protect them if you are strong protect the weak yeah and it's what he continuously demonstrates it's such a simple like but effective credo just to make caps own yep um i want to ask you ben mm. so he fights in this story yes rampart yeah is that an have we ever seen Rampart? We have not, to my knowledge, ever seen Rampart before. I believe they're a new Mark Wade, Chris Somney collaboration. I looked them up creation. and I didn't see anything, but I had to ask the expert. Nope, they're brand new. Yep. So yeah, Rampart is your, you know, your sort of uh, Hydra esque. Yeah. You know. Sure. Sort of, we're better than everybody. Uh, we're going to take over, and we're better than you. Neener, neener. Uh, so they had neener, taken neener, over. Indeed. They had tried to take over this town. Cap stepped in, stopped them. Great. Now we look 10 years later, which is now. Yep. So right there, I also love that. It's like, hey, we're going to tell you a little bit about that time frame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, we get a little bit of that. We see Cap on his motorcycle looking like a handsome devil. So handsome. Man, Chris Somney. Chris Somney draws some handsome dudes, man. Yeah. And he goes back to the town um, that he originally went to to stop Rampart. Uh, this, you know, this town in Nebraska that... Uh, Needed help, Burlington, Nebraska. Little population of what was it, like 6,319. He goes back 10 years later, and this town is now uh, Captain America, Nebraska. And they having they're having a uh, an annual Captain America celebration. It's just this cool page, and one of those things that Chris and Matt do so well is like layering this sort of scene. This page that just establishes this big shot uh, of an area with so many little things. And your eye goes from place to place and picking up the little things and so many fun Easter eggs and cool touches. And it's gorgeous. Uh, we see Cap and the crowd thinks, oh, that can't be the real Cap. This guy is just, you know, cosplay. Cosplay. Cosplay uh, is Steve Rogers. I yeah. love also that Cap, uh, he wants hot dogs. He mm -hmm. wants two hot dogs. Mustard and onions. What what could be more American? Canon is Captain America loves his hot dogs with mustard, mustard and onions. onions. I think he's a fool. <laughs> I don't like mustard. Okay. Wow. I will tell Captain America to his full face. Mustard is the the I devil's work. I think you're I think you're diving into this too quickly. You're, you're nope. thinking before you go here. Nope. This is Captain America we're talking about. It's okay. About. And he's going to yeah. say, "You know what, son? You have it your way. Yeah. I'll have it mine. You have it your way right away." 
I don't know if that's a reference to something, but anyway, uh, we've got the uh, him eating his hot dogs, having some fun, talking to some kids, uh, and then we get to see tales of people who have been inspired by Cap, this little, you know, sort of discussion at this fair, which is really neat, and he's there, and he's standing around, and uh, of course... In roll up rampart, rampart, uh, and it's great. It's one. It, there's a simple thing like, of course, he could have been there. He could have coincidentally, but no. Mark Wade addresses it, gives it a story point, gives oh, it a plot, and and locks it all in. Uh, he makes a point to say, yeah, he Cap knew what was up. Mm-hmm. He's there for a reason, uh, and he beats the tar out of these rampart. I was dudes. waiting for a splash page. Yes, like the whole issue, and yep. finally we got a beautiful one towards the end. Just gorgeous, Cap just trouncing all these rampart jerks mm. uh and they they bring bombs they brought guns they brought terror and madness uh but cap saves the day um and there's a really sweet moment where he's not the only hero here he has inspired so many others and they have helped others uh in the story is a really great reestablishing who cap is yeah. what he's all about why we care for him why we love him uh and what he brings to everything do not skip the letter that mark wade writes on the mm. last page because it is it's very basic it's it's stuff mark said before but yep. i mean this isn't mark's first time writing captain america no. he wrote captain america back in the 90s he wrote captain america in the 2000s um but he has made no secret that captain america is his favorite marvel character he talks about why he liked him as a kid he talks about kind of that simple basic he is like the aspirational hero that we can all look up to. Yep. It's a really good letter. Mark says it better than I ever could. Uh, moving on to Iceman number seven, written by Cena Grace, art by Robert Gill, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. As a longtime Iceman fan, I am so happy that this book finally exists. Um, it is such a great series. Um, I love that. Iceman's fighting the Sentinels, and we get the old Sentinel. Oh, on the yeah, cover. from that Sentinel. Yeah, from the Sentinel. Like, yeah. You catch that one? That yeah. one's pretty cool. Uh, we open up with a brief shot of Bobby Drake's parents, who have now discovered there are two Icemen. I love I that moment. awesome. I just love it. I love it. The mother just going, William, there's two of our son. Yeah. In my it's head, so was, the music was like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Iceman back in Los Angeles has hooked up with the original champions. He is taking on the Sentinels, but also at the same time, he's on a date. So he's trying to balance work-life stuff. Um, he's kind of showing off. He's flirting. I just I love that the relationship stuff in this book feels so real yep. and honest. Um, it's just great stuff. Uh, they show different ways for Iceman to use his powers. He's super competent. He creates an ice giant to take out all the Sentinels. Um, he says, if there's ever been a warranted yes, queen moment, this is the moment. Um, he takes he takes full advantage of that. Then the rest of the book is about him learning how to, kind of learning how to date boys, basically. There's a moment oh, yeah? in the battle that I loved where he, like, goes down to the to the to his date, the dude mm-hmm. he's been hanging out with, and he, he gives, kisses gives him. him a kiss, and the guy goes, your lips are so cold. He's, yeah, you got cold lips. Right. I love that. That was really cute. Yeah, and so it's just like he's going around with this guy he really likes, um, talking about avocado flavored yogurt and all sorts of. I don't weird, want to drink any of all that. sorts of weird Eat LA it. stuff. Whatever you um, do, but they go, they Netflix and chill. They have a really sweet kiss, and just everything is really nice. Um, Bobby the next day talks to the champions about it. Talks to 
them about his remembrance of Black Widow. And I thought that was great. That was really cute. It's basically like when he was trying to, you know, hit on Black Widow back in the day because that was what he did. That's how he covered up his insecurities was just to try to hit on every woman in sight. Then he goes and finds the woman who launched the Sentinels at them and tells her, I'm going to help you out because she's an out of work special effects and stunt woman. He uh, is going to speak up for her and they're going to do that. And then they go, his, uh, he's still on the date uh, with Judah. Finally got the guy's name on this page. Um, he's on the date with Judah and basically Judah wants to go sit on the Hollywood Hills, look down on Hollywood. Bobby says, I've already done that. And he goes, I swear it'll be different with me. And Bobby goes, okay, fine. This looks and feels completely different with you here. It's so really sweet. sweet. Back in New York, uh, has a little bit with Angel, does a little training, basically uh, starts on his, uh, he's texting back and forth with Judah and ends up making a really big decision that's going to change not just his life, but the whole trajectory of this book. It's just a great book. It's a fun book. It's earnest. It makes you feel, and it's just well done across the board. Spoilers, he's going gluten-free. Oh. Yeah. Like me. Like <laughs> yeah, most of us probably like, should be. Just like Tucker. <laughs> he's, uh, taking a, he's taking a Tucker approach to life. <laughs> uh, not recommended. What? Gluten-free? The, the GF life. Yeah, but if it hurts your stomach. Yeah, you look, kinda... look. We're all forced to do things we don't want to. Uh, <laughs> but one of those things that I do want to do is read Guardians of the Galaxy number 146. He's getting it. I will say. That is a Ben Morsian uh, segue. <laughs> learning, learning from the best. Uh, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Marcus Toe on this issue, colored by Ian Herring. And if you'll recall, the last time we saw the Guardians, they were just seized by the Nova Corps. Uh, and, but we start this issue with the 13 Talons of the Brotherhood of Raptors. And it's essentially a, a meeting of these bad, bad dudes. Uh, and they're speaking about how they move forward, how they... Uh, take on the Nova Corps. Uh, this is the uh, official canonical introduction of The Rock into mm. uh, the Marvel Universe. Is it now? Yeah. Very cool. Because this is The Rock. Yeah. Uh, Did you I get thought, it? Yeah, I thought you meant Dwayne Johnson. Person. No, I know. I <laughs> I realized I you weren't with me on nope. it, so I had to like, bring what? you home. What's he talking about? Yeah, which is cool. We've had, uh, like, New Zendar. What was the... the, the Nova Corps that what got wiped out in Annihilation mm-hmm. first issue. That was Xandar. That was just Xandar? Yeah. Yeah. So we Xandar's haven't... been destroyed a couple of times. And then... Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just, you know... But we haven't had a proper... Nova headquarters. Yeah. yeah. And so they now we have The Rock. It's an intergalactic space police force. They definitely need a cool headquarters. Ooh. And then we can have Nicolas Cage break mm-hmm, into it. Mm-hmm. That's a great miniseries. Yeah. I'm going to go pitch that. <laughs> okay. And we're go- we could title it... The Rock. Yeah, no, we all got that oh, okay. right away. Great. Uh, and the, just why don't you cast the Nicolas Cage part with The Rock? Whoa. So you have The Rock in The Rock. That's too We're much. getting the vapors now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Agent Scott Atzit shows up. He is part of the the Nova Corps. He makes a speech uh, to the rest of the crew members and says, let me introduce you to your new comrades. Wait, and You gloss over the fact that everyone hates him. Yeah, right. pretty great. Everyone, he's getting booed and Uggs and all oh, great. Because he's human, and that's an important point mm-hmm. for for this, is like humans are despised in in sort of, even within the, the mm-hmm. Nova Corps. Well, I will say, though, Scott Adsit, great improviser, mm-hmm. great guy, yeah. very funny. Yeah. 
so he doesn't deserve this. Yeah, but that's not him. That's that's a this character. Is, this is Nova Corman. Yeah, this is a- Agent this Scott. This is a fictional it. character, Tucker. Look, nothing. Okay, uh, and but he introduces the Guardians, uh, and they're all there. Of course, Ant Man is part of the team now. Uh, and let's talk about Drax's belly shirt. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, he's got I like didn't even a. Notice that. You notice that? That's yeah. terrific. <laughs> The Nova stuff doesn't fit him, so he's got a little belly shirt. I was focused on little Drax. Little Drax. And then you have little, little Ant Man. I mean, li- yeah, little. Uh, little Groot with little Ant Man on yeah, top. Yeah, little Groot and Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, I like, one thing I really like in this issue, you, you might come to it in a sec, but I don't care if it's still from you, anyways, is uh, when Gamora tells Ant Man not to jump on her shoulder. Because yeah. that's such a trope of size changing heroes. They're always just standing on like the shoulders <laughs> of the big heroes. And no one ever thinks to be like, hey, don't do that. Right. Don't jump on me. That's a good point. Uh, I also, when we're talking about things that we really enjoyed about this, I just love the Star-Lord and Ant-Man helmet mm. combo with the Nova helmets. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but uh, So they're all sent their separate ways to uh, take on various missions. Uh, uh, Rocket is stomping around the rock, telling uh, people uh, what he thinks is best. And essentially, the, uh, Scott Atzit has been dealing with uh, in infiltration of the Nova Corps. There are some moles within their ranks. There are some traitors that are uh, sa- uh, uh, sabotaging the the efforts. Um, and they don't know who, and uh, uh, but they are uh, from the Raptors. Uh, pretty quickly, uh, Gamora and Scott run into... Uh, I thought this was really interesting. Like a... And uh, how would you describe this? Like an Ultron analog? Like Ultron, like well, kind of sub-Ultrons? I think, you know, an Ultron-infected uh, spaceship. Yeah. So, you know, like the crew had been infected by Ultron because Ultron has been in space multiple times. He's been mm-hmm. Annihilation Conquest. Mm-hmm. And then most when... Recently, most recently. During the... Uh, after the uh, Rage of Ultron graphic novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's been out there sowing his wild oats and... Putting his Ultron on things. Yeah, Jerry loves talking about this. Hmm. uh, Jerry loves the fact that Ultron was – he really just utilized the fact that Ultron was out in space for a certain period of time. He went to all these planets. He caused all this mayhem. And that's another reason why everyone hates Earth. Boom. Because he is from Earth and he's causing all these problems. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Uh, And so Ant-Man, the guy who left Earth to kind of escape his problems, runs right back into them. He, luckily, though, has Gamora by his side, and she has a sword, and she takes care of things pretty quickly. Uh, they have to get uh, this the, the civilians off of this ship. Uh, meanwhile, these Ultrons are bearing down on them pretty quickly, and just as they're about to leave this ship and get back onto their own ship to escape, they realize that it's gone. Yeah. yeah. They did not tether it, I guess. Tether the, would be a good the word. The tide rose and took it away. Mm. Who knows? Wow. Or their fellow corpsman, 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 ran off with the ship. Yeah. Right. And or I like Tentacle sabotage. Face Guy. I, I like him. He was cool. He was pretty cool. You know, I want to hang out with him. Um, Did you mention, uh, were yeah. you going to mention what I think you're going to mention? Of course I'm going to mention what okay. I think you mentioned. Um, yeah, Star-Lord finds out in this issue that Rich Rider is alive, mm-hmm. which means next issue, Rich Rider is on the cover with Star-Lord. We're going to get the reuniting of the Butch and Sundance of the Marvel Universe. It's just going to be them making out. super excited. (laughs) I hope they make out the whole issue. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, that was great. All right, Darth Vader, number seven, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, inks by Daniel Orlandini. 
and colors by David Curiel. Um, we've got a uh, new story arc here, uh, you know, sort of picking up from where we were at the last issue. You've got Vader, and he's, uh, what are these guys' names? The Inquisitorius. The Inquisitors at the Inquisitorius. Yes. Wait, uh, what, what's the Inquisitorius? The Inquisitorius is their, their locale. It's okay. Their base. I oh. love the way this book starts. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it starts it. with First Vader. First three pages are amazing. Yeah. He cuts off one of the Inquisitor's arms be like, hey, dum-dum, you're weak. Yeah. You can't beat me. What are you going to do against some Jedis? What are you going to do out there? But this uh, is what I love. Yeah. And then you the reveal is that he has just been mutilating the other Inquisitors to toughen them up. That's mm-hmm. tough love, Sith style. Uh, and it's gross. It's messed up. Uh, the th- other crazy thing is about these Inquisitors are former Jedi. Mm-hmm. These are like really like at their lowest. Uh, and Vader is just... You know, like messing around with them. Uh, I, I love think that the, sound got across what you were doing. I hope so. Very effective. Yeah. Uh, I love the stuff between Vader and the Grand Inquisitor because mm-hmm. it's so condescending mm-hmm. on both of them. Mm-hmm. They like the way they talk to each other is just, man, you could feel the venom between them. But they uh, they have a task. They have to go after the remaining Jedi who survived Order 66. And when Order 66 hit, in the, that movie, I remember, like, that was the coolest thing out of that movie. Like, that was the gnarliest thing. My aside was about a video game mm. and how <laughs> we had a clan and we called it Order 66. That's cool. Anyway, um, in cool. this, they have to go hunt down these Jedi. One of them is, uh, what is her name? Jacinda New. Jacinda New. And so she was cool. We saw her very briefly last issue, and I was like, hmm, is this a new character or someone established? So I did some research. I'm sure you were, Did you already know all this, Tucker? Uh, well, I, yeah, I knew this character. Okay. I, jo- Jocasta knew. Yeah, Jocasta. Jocasta. Jacinda Tucker. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking of a newly Jacinda elected from... Prime Minister of New Zealand J- whose first name is Jacinda. And Naturally. I'm thinking of her makes, because of Taika mis- Waititi. Yeah. Because of no, Thor Ragnarok. I get it. 100%. Honest mistake. <laughs> Honest mistake, Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> Jocasta knew. Uh, she was in episode two. She was also in the Clone Wars, uh, and which was neat to bring this character, for me, someone I had no idea about. Uh, did you, did you, have you watched Clone Wars? Cause she was more prevalent right, in yeah, that yeah. than she was in episode yeah, two. Yeah. I've watched my share of Clone Wars. Um, does she get to do cool things or is she? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how they, they take her, like what could easily be just like a little, uh, kind of throwaway like character in the films and make that, yeah. make her perspective into a fully fleshed out thing where she actually has reasons behind the way she talks like she talks in the film, which is. Um, you know, rather infamous, I would say. I don't remember how she talks in the film. Well, she's, speaking of condescending, she is maybe the most condescending we, character we ever witness in any of the Star Wars films. Really? Because it's, really? It's Obi-Wan is searching for the, uh, the source of what he will soon learn is a Kamino saber dart from his friend Dax. Duh. Obvs. And he goes to the Jedi archives to try and find out, um, and he sees that the source of the dart has, is not in the Jedi archives, and he says, is it possible that it's removed? And she takes real umbrage to his suggestion that the Jedi archives are not complete, and she gives a little mouth and she strides away. Hmm. Well, that's in, Jacinda. Well, 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 I mean Jacosta. <laughs> uh, but in in here, she's a little bit more like level headed, I guess, dealing yeah. with like. Yeah, it seems a little. Maybe nice she had a bad day. She yeah. was stressed out. Totally. <laughs> uh, but here, she's been, you know, creating a new, not so much an archive, but a new school. 
Uh, she says her mission now to help rebuild and reteach maybe the Jedi teachings, but just something uh, new because the there's a lot of darkness out there. So she's got a new path for her. She pulls out her lightsaber. She's got some things she's got to take care of, things she has to get. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going on. The Emperor and Vader are hatching their plans. It's like uh, Mr. Burns and Smithers uh-huh. yeah, here. Yeah, good one. And Who's it, who? Uh, well, Emperor's Mr. Burns. Yeah, that makes sense. And Smithers, yeah, it's Vader. Vader's not really a Smithers type. In my head, okay. uh, and it's great. Uh, what I really d- dig is that the emperor isn't like, yeah, I need you to murder her. It's like, no, you have to go save her life because mm-hmm. she's stupid. The emperor saying that she's stupid. She gonna get herself killed. Mm-hmm. Bring her back here so we can torture her. Mm-hmm. Keep her safe. Well, what was most fascinating to me about this is is the the fact that when she says she has to go get something for this this school that she's establishing, how she kind of reveals that it is a school in the first place she says like what do schools need they need students yeah. and so we don't know who she's after we yeah. don't know i just find that yeah. so awesome and yeah. can't wait for the next issue and stuff and that brings us to peter parker the spectacular spider-man number six brilliantly written by chip zadarsky your favorite chip uh wonderfully drawn by michael walsh with colors by ian herring this is my dinner with jonah uh, I've been waiting for this issue. Chip talked about it a long time ago. He said it was coming. Basically, what's happened is Jonah has information that Spider-Man wants. So in order for Jonah to give up this information, Spider-Man has to sit down to dinner with him and give him an in-depth interview. These two just, the tension in the room uh, as they sit down to have this lasagna that Jonah's made, which Spider-Man grudgingly admits it's pretty good. Um, Jonah tries to get the interview underway. Spider-Man delays every possible way. Um, it gets a little... It, it it starts very surface level. They're talking about the stuff going on in the book with the Tinkerer and the Mason and all that. And Spidey kind of figures out what he needs to know anyways. And then he, Spider-Man actually sits down and starts this interview. And uh, Jonah, we see, keeps flashing back to this... This, this incident with a woman. He's holding a woman's face in his hands. We get a little more each page. And we also learn that, um, well, Spider-Man, first of all, gives his reasoning, says to Jonah, like, look, the reason I do this is because I want to, I want to, something happened to me years ago, some random act of violence that ruined my life, and I want to be all about responsibility. And Jonah counters by saying, hey, I was there when you debuted as the amazing Spider-Man, the wrestler. That's all you should have been. You should have been a TV performer. There's no reason you should have gone on to this. Um, and he says, "It's." Uh, and when Spider-Man says, "I wear this mask to protect my loved ones," Jonah says, "No, you no. Cops don't wear masks. They deal with the consequences of their actions like real heroes. You wear it so you don't have to answer to anyone." And then Jonah talks about how he is the hero here. He's the one who's keeping Spider-Man in line. Spider-Man counters with the fact that no, you created the Scorpion. You created the Spider Slayer. You did all these. Horrible things, and um, and he talks about how uh, he talks about how decades ago he was mugged. Jonah was, and a girl told him not to go after the guy. He was wearing a mask. He thought he was a coward. It's really powerful stuff. And then Spidey again says, uh, "There's so much. There's just so much in this issue. I'm trying to summarize it as best I can. Yeah, just so much writing by Chip." Um, and beautiful art by Michael, Michael Walsh. Walsh is incredible. Um, and so then we've got Jonah saying, again, going back to the mask time and time again, Spidey talking about how he wasted 
um, all this money when he was mayor trying to take Spidey down. And uh, Jonah saying, you don't know the first thing about responsibility, which just makes Spider-Man laugh. It's like an escalation of, gets, of hostilities exactly, and temper exactly. as they go back and forth. Yes. And um, Jonah trashes the meal because he says, everything's a joke to you. Talks about his wife dying. Uh, just about how his wife is dead. His, his daughter is dead. His father is dead. He's just reduced Jonah to this broken man who doesn't have a newspaper. And in that moment, I swear, you want to comfort Jonah somehow. Yeah. But you can't. And Spider-Man's there. And Spider-Man's the only one who can comfort Jonah. And he does it the only possible way he can in this incredible splash page of revealing it's like the biggest secret he can reveal to J. Jonah Jameson, where he just tells him, J. Jonah Jameson is saying, I, I'm alone and not Spider-Man, but Peter Parker replies, you're not. Yeah. So powerful. Um, then we don't have time to absorb this, which I kind of like. Yeah. Like, we don't, we're, we're going to have to get back to this and what this all means because now Jonah knows who Spider-Man is after all these years. But we don't get the reaction to that because uh, Jonah, being Jonah, advertised that this interview is going to take place. So the cops are at his house, the military, the FBI – uh, everyone's chasing Spider-Man and they uh, they chase Spidey back to his apartment. And it ends kind of abruptly there, but it's huge. Yeah. This is a huge monumental issue. I mean, the whole dynamic of J. Jonah Jameson, Peter Parker, and Spider-Man has been a huge force driving this, this strip since the 60s. And now that triangle has changed. And I cannot wait to see what Chip does with it. Chip did it with so much care it was literally my the the my dinner with Jonah title was appropriate because it felt like you know like my dinner with Andre or something like that where it was just two guys you said it perfectly escalating hostilities throwing barbs back and forth at one another until they had nothing left but to relate. Yeah, I mean Chip's Jonah is so great. I love the last page, um, or I, I loved uh, Spider Man eating because mm-hmm. it's got a Spider Man mm-hmm. eating, so he pulls up his mask a little bit to get to see that. Uh, there's a moment in there where Spider-Man gets really mean, and I was like, "Yeah, damn, Spidey. He does get mean. That's a jerk thing to say. We don't really think – when Jonah gets mean, it's just like, oh, whatever. Jonah's yeah. just being a jerk. That's what he is. But when Spidey gets mean, it just feels so nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah, so quick we'll get more into that later. Hits. <laughs> it's time for quick hits. Uh, and the first one I have is Iron Fist number 74. Why would you get to start with I? He was. Think I, about what you're doing. I'm being. I. I'll be. Is this, oh yeah, it's not. It's I not was, even close to being correct. No, it wasn't. Oh, uh, there's a B over there that I see. Where? I was looking around. I was like, oh, there's an X. Oh, that's an A. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway, I'll go first. I've got Astonishing X-Men number five. I. Uh, this is written by Charles Soule. Uh, art by Ramon Rosanas. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Uh, so I love this team to start with. But my first note for this one was. Lol, Gambit, uh, mm-hmm. because it's uh, it, one of the early scenes uh, is that Gambit gets done up by the uh, the Shadow King. Uh, last issue, last issue was like Sexy Time Central. Oh yeah, and uh, this issue, uh, Gambit is so getting sexy. no. Gambit has been <laughs> plucked by the Shadow King, and so now he's uh, uh, working for the Shadow King, being puppeted around. I love the virus aspect of this uh, because the 
the Shadow King uh, is spreading. He's spreading his influence to other people. He's getting other mutants. He's getting other civilians. Uh, there's cool stuff. I love Ramon Rosanis' uh, body language and facial, you know, like acting that he does for the characters. It's so, so good. Uh, the end, the last scene is like, finally. It's a big win. Yeah. Big win. Black Bolt number seven, written by Saladin Ahmed. Guest start by Fraser Irving. I will dare say in a week of beautiful books, this may well have been the most beautiful. Black Bolt is uh, traumatized after his time in the prison. Him and Blinky are trying to run away. They also have Monsteroso with them. Uh, Blinky unwittingly uh, projects Black Bolt into a nightmare. And Black Bolt has to fight this awful like cloud monster and then this creepy like marionette guy. But he escapes, and then um, Monsteroso is getting all temperamental because he's this giant monster they put in this tiny little cargo hold. And he's a kid. And he's a kid, and it's great. And they return him to his parents, and it's really sweet. Then they have some space battles with another spaceship. Uh, Black Bolt makes the decision that totally like messes with Blinky. Again, the art is just amazing. Lockjaw shows up. Uh, Black Bolt doesn't have his powers. And... Um, they are headed back to Earth, but for an, getting an unexpected welcome home. Yeah. All right. We've got Inhumans Once in Future Kings, number four, written by Christopher Priest, art by Phil Noto. Uh, you know, we've talked about this book. I don't think we've ever given enough love to no. Phil Noto. Uh, oh, he's so art, good. His art here is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a phrase in here uh, called I don't remember who said it, but a rocket dentist. Uh, someone's like, I'm no, I think it's Spider-Man. He says, I'm no rocket, rocket dentist. dentist. That's awesome. I, Christopher Priest got me with that one. Yeah. It was so good. I loved it. Uh, Triton is super cool in here. Triton is one of those in humans that you don't get to see do much. No. A lot of the time. Like there is, I think a, a, a scene or an issue of the Jay Lee, Paul Jenkins run that had some like cool Triton stuff. And yeah. He's here and there, but here he's like, he gets a really cool bunch of shine on him in here. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Is you know, we've got Spider-Man in here. You've got a lot of Spider-Man. Yeah, Cadillac the Seeker. You've got mind switchy business uh, as you know things are sort of coming together. Uh, but you also get a backup story, uh, the oh, one pager. So good. Or two pager, two-pager. I should say. Uh, the Lockjaw story, Canine Master of Time and Space by Ryan North, Gustavo Duarte, and Joe Sabino. This is the best. This Tremendous. is so good. Uh, it, there's, I challenge you to find something better than Lockjaw's little tail wiggling. Then, <laughs> uh, then you can't. You, you can't. can't. Can't be done. Iron Fist seventy four, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Perkins, Andy Troy on colors. Uh, it is the continuation of the team up between Danny Rand and Sabretooth. Uh, meanwhile, Lai Wei and Choshin are continuing to hunt down Iron Fist. They have this another kind of creepy rat man. Like we well, were that's the rat of twelve plagues. Yes, it's a big week for you know. Oftentimes we give shout outs to, to to characters who are having big weeks. It's big weeks for for hybrid rat men creatures. Sure, I'll give you this yeah, one, sure. even though it doesn't work. But uh, yeah, right. it doesn't work at all. Yeah, uh, we get the bar with no name. Yeah, we get fights at the bar with no name. We get tarantula. Getting his butt whooped. We get Bruiser, who we haven't yeah. seen in a little while, out oh. as the bouncer, which was cool. I'm Dr- <laughs> He's like gone from like uh, like a intercontinental title mm-hmm. to he's NXT. On main event. Yeah, he's yeah he's on. Yeah, you're right. He's more main event. Yeah, <laughs> he's back in you know the power plant. Uh, 
Sabretooth and Danny are essentially hunting for clues. They're interrogating people. Uh, Lai Wei and Chao Xin are... They are, they are going after uh, someone who's dressed up as Constrictor mm-hmm. because they were... Well, I, uh, Sabretooth at least was friends with Constrictor. I was not aware that Constrictor was dead. So after I read this issue last night, I went on Wikipedia to uh, look up what had happened to Constrictor, and he uh, did the die. How did he die? Um, he was crushed by... Arcade crushed him under like a vehicle of some sort <laughs> in Avengers uh, Under- Arena. Underground? No, oh. it was before Arena. Avengers Undercover. It was in Avengers Arena. Wow. Uh, when he first got his new powers and he was showing off, he killed Constrictor because Constrictor laughed at him. So he, well, you know. So he got hit by a car. Basically. <laughs> hey. Uh, finally, right at the end, uh, we see the two groups come they together uh, and things are about to go down. I love this issue. You get a soft side of Sabretooth mm-hmm. in here. He's like, he's like my buddy. You don't mess with my friend. He yeah. was my friend. You guys are all jerks. Yeah. Uh, you also got the Servant Society. And yes, the, the ending. The, the ending of it reminds me of a Hong Kong action movie where mm-hmm. you've got one group mm-hmm. and then another group, and then comes a third group, right. and then they're gonna fight. Gonna fight. <laughs> Speaking of fighting, Old Man Logan, number thirty, written by Ed Brisson. Art by Mike Diodato Jr. Colors by Frank Martin, Andres Mosa, and Chris Sotomayor. This is the big conclusion to Days of Anger. Mike Diodato is a genius. He has so many different ways to lay out action scenes. We see in the future, Maestro, how he recruited the uh, the banners to come help him out. Then we've got in the present, Old Man Logan, Hawkeye, and the, um, the rogue banner who has come to their side dealing with Maestro and Malachi. Malachi has a nuclear bomb. They have to get it out of his hands. Then it just becomes a badass Wolverine versus Hulk fight with two old, cranky, decrepit heroes (laughs) pounding the crap out of each other. And then Maestro, just the way that Diodato uses the borders here, the colors, everything, the, the negative spaces, just incredible. This final fight between the two of these guys is as brutal as just about anything you're gonna see. At the end, we've got a nice moment with Maestro. We've got a nice moment with uh, with Ologan and Hawkeye. Hawkeye kind of talking about the guilt over killing his banner, and then Logan talking about killing their banner, and how really there's nothing you can do. Sometimes people just suck, and things turn out lousy. The dialogue on that last page is maybe my favorite page of dialogue this yeah, week. It was really so great. Uh, another Marvel Legacy title before we go back to Tucker. We've got Power Pack number 63 coming back as a one-shot. Uh, written by Devin Grayson, art by Marika Cresta, colors by Chris O'Halloran. We find um, Katie, the sole remaining Power Pack member, who's kind of not gone to do anything. She's at a magnet school in New York City. She's written a story about her family, uh, and she is trying to keep secret, you know, the true details, what's really going on. But this teacher tries to get her to reframe the story. In the process, we learn a lot about Power Pack. We learn about their bonds together. We learn about why they're a very special team. And we get a classic Power Pack adventure as they fight the Boogeyman. So what more could you want from this Power Pack one-shot? I never read Power Pack. It's like one of no, those blind spots in, in totally my... blind spot for me. Yeah, and so it was kind of neat because you learn a lot about them. I guess the Boogeyman is one of their... One of their villains. Yeah, and then they had the horse people, yep. right? Love the horse people. I know the horse people were there. The chameleons. Yeah, them. Uh, finishing things up this week is uh, Spider-Man number 234. It is the first Marvel Legacy issue, uh, and it kicks off uh, in the Sinister Six Reborn storyline, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Oscar Bazaldua, 
College by Justin Ponsor. Can I ask who this is? Spot. Oh, the girl? Yes. New character. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, I think she showed up in an issue, previous right. issue. but That's yeah. what I couldn't remember. Newish yeah. character. Uh, so we get uh, a really cool splash page, two-page spread of some... Uh, it's like it's kind of like an armory, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So she's That's exactly she, what it is. And they establish she's like the tinkerer, but different. Yeah. Right. Uh, and she's showing off some new gear to what looks like a new kind of iron spider. Uh, the then we go back to Brooklyn Visions where Miles is doing his uh, classic high schooler stuff. His buddy. Old Gold Balls uh, returns Fabio, and they have it out. Uh, There's some really good teen stuff. In yeah, this. there really is. Uh, I I really love the. Essentially, Miles and Fabio go up on the roof because Fa Fabio thinks Miles is dating a girl that he's into. Miles says, "No, I'm dating someone else," and this is all a mix-up. Then uh, Ganke kind of busts through the door, having been uh, dropping eaves the entire time. Uh, and there's some really great kind of rhythmic uh, banter between the three of them. No. <laughs> um, uh, then, uh, so this is someone different then? Yeah, that's not the same woman we saw at the beginning of the right. issue. Okay, I was confused. Yeah. Anyway, so we, we get... Bombshell a, and momshell, yeah. right? Right. Bombshell yes. and bombshell, but I like momshell. Let's use that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty clever. There's a throwdown outside the jail uh, in the courthouse, and Miles Suits decides up. to to leave off. It's interesting. He decides to just hood up, I guess. Right? He leaves his suit behind. Uh, and then finally... He's having some identity issues as far as yeah. being Spider-Man. That was something going back to the issues prior to this, where he kind of wants to be something of his own. Finally, we see in some underground secret bad guy headquarters the titular Sinister Six finally coming together, and we get a big reveal of who that Iron, Sp Iron Spider was from the first page. I, I figured it out on the first page. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, I, I figured it out right <laughs> away. I, I guessed it. Yep. yep. All right, also out this week, um, first we will deal with collections. Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, The Complete Collection, Volume 3. Black Panther by Reginald Hudlin, The Complete Collection, Volume 1. Deadpool and X-Force Omnibus, out in hardcover. Deadpool World's Greatest, Volume 10, Secret Empire. Generation X, Volume 1, Natural Selection. Marvel's Thor Ragnarok, The Art of the Movie, in hardcover. Spider-Man Clone Saga Omnibus, Volume 2, in hardcover. And Uncanny and Humans, Volume 2, in hardcover. We've got a uh, digital... Comics on sale this week. Thor versus Hulk, Champions of the Universe number five. Thank you, Maggie, for uh, getting that one on the list. Uh, and because we're recording this early, we don't, uh, we haven't read it yet. But uh, good for us, we're getting stuff done early. Yeah, yeah, we try. Yeah, good things. job, us. Uh, I'll talk about it next week because I'll read it because I friggin' love this series. Yep. And also on sale in the Marvel app, we have Avengers next one through five. Namor, the Submariner, one through nine from the 1990 series, where he was a businessman, I think. Yes, Oracle, Oracle. Enterprises are incorporated. Yep. Uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man from 1999, one through six, and X-Men: The Hidden Years, one through twelve. Digital collections on sale include Captain America: Masterworks, Volume Seven, Namor: Visionaries by John Byrne, Volume One, Sergeant Fury: Masterworks, Volume One, Spider-Man: The Next Chapter, Volume One. X-Men The Hidden Years Volume 1. Before I get into freshly digitized <gasps> comics, I do I wanted to remark on one of the collections on sale, The Marvel Store Ragnarok The Art of the Movie. I I need to get that book because yeah. having seen it now, 
that is going to be fascinating to read. What a visual spectacle that movie was. Just like Kirby splashed all over the screen the entire time. Oh man, it was awesome. But, Freshly Digitized Comics on Marvel Limited, we have... <laughs> uh, I just blasted Maggie's ear with, with that butt. And also uh, all our listeners. Yep. Sorry, listeners. Modulate, keep it. Uh, control. Uh, ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, number one. Black Panther, number 13. Carnage, Mind Bomb, number one. Deadpool versus The Punisher, number two. Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number 23 through 40. And number 76 through 78. Electra, number three. Great Lake Avengers, number seven. Hulk, number five. Infamous Iron Man, number seven. Man-Thing, number three. Mighty Thor, number 18. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 18. Occupy Avengers, number six. Old Man Logan, number 22. Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 17. Rocket Raccoon, number five. Star Wars Darth Maul number three, Thanos number six, The Mighty Captain Marvel number four, Ultimates two number six, Weapon X number two, X-Men Blue number two, and X-Men Gold number two. M's a lot of comics. All right. All right. From here, let's move on. Stay tuned for more This Week in Marvel right after this important announcement from our sponsor. All right, so earlier in the show, uh, we mentioned that this episode and a couple more uh, over the next two months are sponsored by our friends at Hasbro. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Hasbro. You're the best. Uh, shout out to Ryan Ting, yep. who's on the creative side uh, over there at Hasbro. He's a huge Marvel fan and um, you know someone I always look forward to working with because he's passionate about mm-hmm. our characters and about making cool toys. Uh, so what we picked for for this episode to talk about, there's these two uh, supersized toys. Ben and I actually have them in front of us. That we do. Yeah. That's the um, Thor Ragnarok uh, Interactive Gladiator Hulk figure. He's 13 inches tall. He's huge. Yeah. He's huge. And then the uh, Thor Ragnarok Electronic Thor. Still big. Yeah, he's like... Not tw- as big. He's 12 inches tall, but yeah. not nearly as wide. Yeah. Which makes sense. Hulk is a beast. He's a big guy. It's cool. These are drawn directly from the Thor Ragnarok film, Marvel Studios film, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty faithful to him. The uh, the the depiction is right on, and it looks like Hulk and from the big fight scene in the movie, and Thor with his short hair that my wife loves. And his, uh, <laughs> oh, he's a handsome man. I actually saw, prefer him with the short hair. She saw the commercial and she was just like, oh, wow, he looks great. I was like, he always looks great. He's yeah. Chris Hemsworth. But this toy looks great as well. Yeah. It's got the cool little uh, eye tattoo, um, all the details you want from the Thor when he's in the gladiatorial. I don't think it's a tattoo, right? It's just it's paint. It's paint. Oh, it's well, you haven't paint. seen the movie yet. I haven't seen the movie yet. That's right. I'm That's right. It on Saturday. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm really excited to see this movie. Yeah. I'm really excited about these toys. Yeah. So the cool thing, uh, like, Back when we were kids, yep. when you had a toy that had a sound effect, yeah. as like a chip in it, that was the coolest thing. It's huge. It's huge. And this one, these both have sound effects, and they have a bunch of them. Uh, so, like, the Hulk sounds like... Hulk, destroy! That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And here's what Thor sounds like. Look out! <laughs> uh, That's so anticlimactic. I know. And then when they're near each other... They um, they sort of work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when the Hulk is near Thor, uh, Hulk recognizes and reacts to Thor, which is, you know, it's fun. It's like, you know, he'll say phrases like Hulk friend and no one is matched for Hulk. Um, it's, it's fun that they actually have the technology to make them connected. Hulk undefeated. And then... Uh, Valkyrie, I need 
<laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, there's something in here that connects them together, which is neat. And they're smashy saying. No it's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Well said, Hulk. Yeah. Uh, these guys. So the 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 Hulk itself has five points of articulation, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's huge. He comes with. Uh, his helmet and you know the the big gladiator helmet and the the giant warhammer that I remember we first showed the warhammer at, I think it was Comic Con sixteen uh, where we had the warhammer and the armor and stuff on display the thing is massive because it's it's Hulk's primary weapon when he's in the gladiatorial arena doing the contest of champions if you will mm-hmm. um, Thor comes complete with of course his helmet but also two swords that he can get busy with that um, <laughs> busy gets busy with it does a does a he can turn into a hurricane of destruction with them so Thor is no slouch in the weapons department with or without Mjolnir yeah these are cool they're gonna be great for uh, if you got the, the kitties the kitties uh, because they're so big. They actually will feel bigger for kids, but yeah. they also they're great like display items because Absolutely. they, you know, they're not super expensive, yeah. but they are really cool to look at, and they especially from afar you get a good sense of scale. And they are for ages four and up. So if you have a four year old or older, it works. Yeah. We're we're four and up. Smash! <laughs> <laughs> that was so much. I he love de- it. He delivered on it. Yeah. We must defeat Hella. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good this job, Hulk. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I mm-hmm. wish I could just go to that one. Hoo-ah, hoo-ah. Hulk, That's his Al Pacino imitation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Super cool. Mm, they're going to work together. So, uh, you should totally buy the pair if yep, you're going to get them. You can get them at HasbroToyShop.com or pretty much any toy store. I think so. You know, you go to your your Walmarts, your Mart Marts, your Kmarts. Your Target. Target, Toys R Us. Uh, probably available on, on the Marvel Shop and yep. the Disney Store as well. These are these are great. And, again, if you got kids, these are cool because they're huge. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who's buying presents – get that sense of like oh what is this big thing yeah totally yeah cool so we're gonna have uh more uh from hasbro in two weeks looking forward to. i think we're diving into marvel legends in two weeks very excited about that you and i both love marvel love marvel legends um and it should be great yeah looking forward to it yeah thanks hasbro and thank you guys for listening on with the show and now from marvel headquarters it's this week All right, it's Spider-Man time. I got my Spider-Man time. I got my Spider-Man boys with me. I'm very excited. I'm I'm psyched to talk to you guys. I love talking to Nick Lowe and Devin Lewis. Ben, we love talking to you. You love are, it. You guys are such a treat. Thank you for all that you do. Ah, oh, we just love bringing the goods to the people. Yeah, you know we're not fans of the bads. No, so we just try to bring the goods. Yeah, uh, and this week, what a good. We talked a lot about it um, on the previous segment of the podcast. We got mm-hmm. deep into it. Peter Parker. How many people picked it as their book of the week? Uh, well, that the way we do it is you can only one person can pick it as their oh, book of the week, okay. and I 
Ben Morse picked it as my book that of the week. That was a high five? Yeah. For if those anyone, who couldn't see it? They thought it was just like an explosion. Um, yeah. Can you do that, add that in post? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll add it in post. Um, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number six, My Dinner with Jonah yep. by Chip Zdarsky and Michael Walsh. Indeed. Um, an instant classic. Um, it was really good. And, of course, it's Colors by Ian Herring? Yes, yep. Colors by Ian Herring. Sorry, I forgot to mention him. Um, Letters? Travis, Travis Lanham? You guys are good. You guys know it all. Who is the... work with these people. Yeah. <laughs> They're wonderful. Um, who is the cover artist? The cover artist for that one is Paolo Sequeira. Good job. Good job. Michelle Rosenberg. You guys. You guys are on top of your game. But the big news here is that uh, in the course of an interview dinner with J. John Jameson, Peter Parker, feeling bad for the uh, the old codger, uh, reveals his identity, reveals that Spider-Man yep. and Peter Parker are one and the same. Yep. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson now knows, knows Spider-Man's secret identity. Now, what I want to know first and foremost is who pitched this idea? Was this a chip thing? Oh, yeah. Or Okay, so he pitched it to you guys. It was a chip thing, and I said no about 100 times. That's what I was wondering. And we, just, we kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And what really ended up convincing me to support it and and push it forward was when we started figuring out Jonah's emotional space of where he is because when uh, you know and that was something that like one of the beautiful things about working in comics is you get to work with talented people like Chip and you get to collaborate with with him Mm. and you know like where where he's what he pitched and what, what the story ended up being were very different stories but I think they ended up landing in a really great place because if you look at where Jonah is right now in Marvel Comics, he has no one. His wife passed away mm-hmm. years ago now at this point. Mm-hmm. Marla passed away. Uh, Maddie, his dad. His, his, his adopted daughter Maddie had been right. gone for a long time as well before that. Mm-hmm. Recently, his dad passed away too. Mm-hmm. His son is his really only lifeline, and he is always all over the place being you know, a wolf. Yep. Uh, a werewolf. A man wolf. A man wolf, indeed. Yeah. And uh, or flying space missions and yeah. things like that, or like, both. Yep, sometimes. And he, he, you know, he's got so little in his life. And even most recently in, in Clone Conspiracy, he resurrect. He had the the Jackal uh, resurrect his dead wife and daughter, yeah. and then watch them both melt in front of him. Terrifying. And and, and it, he has nothing in his life, and that was really what sold it to me mm-hmm. of like Peter's compassion. And Peter's worry for the for Jonah's life and for his soul and for his well-being because Peter's the closest thing he's got to family anywhere nearby him anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's him and, and and Jonah's son. Yeah, Devin, what kind of reaction did you have when Chip and Nick hatched this crazy plan? <laughs> Uh, at first, I fought it tooth and nail. Really, um, I really did. did. Okay, I really did. I believe you. Um, I love. Peter Parker with a secret identity. I think it's one of the most important parts of Spider-Man's character. Uh, but it, especially as I thought about it more and more, uh, Nick and Chip were were right. Jonah's in a, a fragile place. And the more I thought about it, the just as the secret identity is part of the tradition, so is, so is giving it up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when uh, it's doing more harm than good as a secret, mm-hmm. which, it, which it was in this case. One of the one of the few people in the world who knows what Jonah's gone through is standing there with a mask on his face, and to take that mask off is a brave and uh, healing thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's eventually what won me over, is that uh, this is Peter being a hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, it was also the implications of what 
it meant. Right. And when we were, because this was not part of Chip's initial pitch of the series. Mm. This is something that he kind of happened upon as he was writing more and more Jonah. Mm. And what what we talked about is like, you know, mm. if we're going to go with this, this has to change everything. Yeah. This has to change everything. And, and it has implications with Dan Slott. Uh, That's and what I was going to ask. This is going to be reflected mm-hmm. elsewhere? It sure will. Yeah. It'll be reflected there. Uh, we've got a ton of future plans now, and it's going to change Peter and Jonah's relationship mm-hmm. in a large way in, in all over the place. The, the place you're going to see it the most is spectacular because that's really where you, you see Jonah the most right sure. now. Um, but it's going to have you know long-lasting ramifications. Uh, we were just talking about it a bunch at our most recent editorial retreat at, mm-hmm. at the beginning of October. Yeah, I remember. Our big creative summit. And we talked about it a lot there with some of our future Spidey plans. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, and it's 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 huge. I mean, D- Dan uh, Slot just turned in uh, an amazing Spider-Man script that has a big deal uh, with Jonah mm. uh, that reflects it as well. And uh, so it's, it's yeah, it's it's really exciting. Jameson is such an intrinsic part of the Spider-Man mythos. Um, he's 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 central to everything. What do you guys think his value is as a character? What does he bring to the ongoing story? And how will this change uh, bring even more? He casts such a huge shadow. I mean, in any media, in any medium, in, in all media, like Jonah ends up being one of the major characters that people talk about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, the performances in the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies sure. by, uh, J.K. Simmons. by J.K. Simmons, of yep. course. Uh, are what is part of what makes those movies work mm-hmm. what makes those movies great you know is 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 him in there same thing in a lot of the cartoons you always have such great yep. jonas uh and and but you know he's such a great foil he's such a great uh you know counterpoint to peter and to spider-man and someone who complicates spider-man's life in 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 a huge huge way um and it it came down to, you know, with this decision is, you know, what's the next step there? Like, you know, is there is there more to be gained in doing this than in keeping the status quo? Mm-hmm. And what's Jonah's next step? Because he, you know, he, he started a blog, um, which is super fun, and and it's like you know a lot of grist for the mill. But when pitch when when Chip pitched this, it was pitch Zdarsky as I call him. Yeah. Uh, when Chip pitched this, his well known nickname. It was just such a it just opened up so many great story opportunities not just a good shock moment which it is mm-hmm. but so many huge story opportunities mm-hmm. and what's great about Jonah too is that in those very early stories when he was first introduced you know Peter Parker was our point of view character mm-hmm. it was really easy to sympathize with Peter and to understand why he was doing the things he was doing as Spider-Man and Jonah was the only person really in those early stories who didn't trust him Mm-hmm. who knew that something was up. Mm. And not only did Jonah not trust Spider-Man, he fostered a mistrust of Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonah was putting out newspapers that said Spider-Man, hero or menace, mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And that was the discussion surrounding Spider-Man for those people on the street. And now, uh, if, if he wants to keep up appearances, so to speak, uh, Jonah might have to keep doing that even mm-hmm. though he knows the truth about Peter which is an interesting position for him we've never mm-hmm. seen him mm-hmm. grappling with a secret like this mm-hmm. uh, so it's and it's going to be insanely rewarding as, as much as I fought it tooth and nail uh, after after that retreat where Chip talked about what he's got planned mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing it's going to be so rewarding for Spider fans and Jonah fans yeah. and readers it's going to be great 
so many great moments are built into it and so many <clears throat> you know so many great avenues to go down and and I loved Chip's summing up of their history in this issue yeah. just remembering the amount of times Jonah has tried to kill him yeah like and it's just like no like it, it's it's amazing to see like one of the things I love about the Marvel universe is how different writers and artists interpret characters mm-hmm. and Jonah is like is I think a, a great case study in that because you go from you know the classic Stan Lee, uh, Steve Ditko, um, John Romita Sr. Uh, run with you know he's v- just this like you know kind of caricature of mm-hmm. a person mm-hmm. to when when Frank Miller has him in in Daredevil mm. and with Dave Mazzucchelli when he's talking to Ben Urich and like you're like oh is this guy like a, a journalist with integrity right is there a journalist with integrity under there somewhere right and then like you know things like Spider Girl back in the you know late nineties early aughts when when he was the father figure to Maddie Franklin mm-hmm. and, like these different ways and in Silk we loved playing with that with having him be a positive force in Cindy's life and in Silk's life. It, mm-hmm. It's just amazing how these multifaceted characters can exist in all these different totally. books and in different ways. Now, there was another revelation over the course of this issue that I'm going to have to go to you guys with this because I don't know if this was previously revealed or not. Oh, boy. But that being I that... I yeah, I hope one of us does. <laughs> um, that being that Jonah was there when Spider-Man performed on television as the Amazing Spider-Man. That is, is a that, revelation. That's, that's a, a revelation. That's a low-key revelation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was kind of cool. It was a great. Moment. It was a nice little yeah. moment to pl- plug in there. He, it, Jonah is such a great character, and and as he is relatively old, mm-hmm. uh, he's perfect for Chip. Yeah. Uh, Chip excels uh, writing old people. That's okay. why there's so many in all of his books. Oh, um, didn't know that. But and and Michael Walsh did so such great work on this issue. So such good. great character so work of, of capturing that as well. Yeah, I loved it. But yeah, that's a revelation in this cool. issue. I thought that was very cool. So what's next, guys? I mean, you can't give away everything that's coming up with Jonah and Peter, but you said we have some really good moments. What's coming up next in Spectacular Spider-Man? Uh, what can we look forward to? It's heading into Marvel Legacy, I believe. Indeed, indeed. Uh, with issue 297, we mm. kick off the Legacy arc um, called Most Wanted. And in that, the first issue starts with SWAT teams trying to bust down Peter's door trying to, to arrest him mm. and and to try to get to Spider-Man. Uh, and it is such a killer issue. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, but mainly what we're heading towards is what Chip has been laying down from the beginning, which is uh, he introduced Hopney Mason, which mm-hmm. is the Tinkerer's brother. Mm. And, and and the fun part of that is that, you know, he, much like the Tinker is for bad guys, uh, Hopney is for the Mason. But, you know, he goes by their last name, kind of. But he is for good guys. Mm-hmm. We, we see a bunch of heroes go to him to get tech assistance and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was a cool new Marvel mm, Universe definitely. wrinkle. And so we're heading to, uh, you know, a conflict between those two mm-hmm. to a conflict with this, you know, X now X-Shield, as S.H.I.E.L.D. has been dissolved. Um, but this S.H.I.E.L.D. organization called the Grey Blade, the mm-hmm. kind of a black ops, you know, almost rogue division of S.H.I.E.L.D. who's nice. been gathering information on superheroes. Uh, and uh, you know how the, how all this kind of interacts and comes together, and they're hunting for uh, Peter's maybe sister mm-hmm. Teresa. Yep. And you have all these stories kind of coming together uh, at, at the same time, and I and I always loved it. Like one of my favorite kind of superhero story arc uh, ideas that happened. I know that Kurt Busiek did it in Avengers, and, and we've done it different times. I think that was the first time I remember reading it. Was supervillains don't always wait their turn mm. you know like, mm-hmm. like antagonists don't always wait their turn like in life we're, we're rarely dealing with one problem at a time sure in your life and superheroes it's it should be the same from time to time like you know mm-hmm. you want to be have clear stories but for me the fun is when all these things come home to roost at the same time when like 
ah, oh, the last thing I need mm-hmm. is something else to deal with right now, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and so that's kind of like what the feel of this story is as well, which mm-hmm. is super fun to me. But we're heading towards what really is the road to 300. I was going to say, you're the road right, to 300. You're right up Devin, there against 300. Devin, Devin, we're almost there. 300. 300. Yeah. Oh, huge, my. Huge goodness. milestone. Huge milestone. You guys have been working towards this for months. Yeah. To think that we've gotten 300 issues out in that time. It's incredible. Stunning. I'm tired. I'm tired. But we we put in work. Get some sleep, pal. Yep. After 300. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be a huge issue. I can't talk about any more about it than that. But that's going to be super fun. Cool. Cool. Any other spider-related things you guys want to talk about? I want to talk about one thing. Let's talk about uh, it. Yesterday, as we were recording this, I don't know, when is this going up on air? This will be up on Friday. On Friday. Yeah. So this Tuesday of this week was Halloween. I was hoping you would bring this up. And, I know what you're bringing up. Uh, and I, was and, g- I almost brought it up myself. Yep. And something that fans don't know about, but it, 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 talking about this made it, there is a staffer up here mm-hmm. who is a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Nelson Ribeiro. Yep. Uh, the best. It, I, he, uh, Jen Grunwald, who's another staffer up here, went to ask him on Monday, like, so what are you gonna gonna be tomorrow? He's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not coming. Because he always dresses up, yeah, huge always for dresses Halloween. up huge. Yep. Uh, and he came in yesterday as J. Jonah Jameson, and he spent the whole day in character. Yep. As J. Jonah, you Jameson. could not talk to him as Nelson. No, walking around the halls, he did not break character. And I, I swear, I bet he he took yesterday as a vacation day, probably. Uh, because I, I can't imagine him getting work done mm-hmm. uh, because he was he was Jonah the whole day, mm-hmm. and it was perfect. He's barged into our at general editorial meeting to give us notes mm-hmm. and to talk about Spider Man and the menace that he is. He he even like made it his own Daily Bugle newspapers yep. to bring in there. Uh, he had this trench coat, the brilliant mustache, mm. uh, it, 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 the eyebrows. It was just amazing. It was he, really cool. And every year, this guy ups it a notch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was the champion of the mustache pageant we had years ago. Years ago. For most creative. I was. I hosted that my first week with Marvel. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was great. Yeah. yeah I remember you. You came to like come to you live. Yep. <laughs> it was so fun. But it, like you know, he is a uh, now a longtime staffer. Uh, he used to work at Archie um, years ago, but he is that. a national treasure. Yeah, uh, great guy. Remember that name, and maybe we'll check in next Halloween and, and say what Nelson did next year. Sounds good. Sounds good to me, guys. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. This is assistant editor Christine Din, joined by editor Eric Goldman, and we've got a pretty light but uh, significant week <laughs> yes. uh, for you guys. Uh, the biggest being Thor Ragnarok is now in theaters. <laughs> and I've, I've heard of that movie. Yeah, it's like an indie thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's a Taika Waititi's humor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mixed with the God of Thunder. I was actually annoying Christine before we came in here if we could start <laughs> recording because I'd literally have to leave to go see Thor Ragnarok again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing it again this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I got tickets quite a while ago for the Cinerama Dome. Probably try, oh, to, yeah. try to check it out at the El Capitan at some point. You know, 
I gotta do my rounds at the big LA theater. <laughs> well, now that we have this movie pass business. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Sheena and I are both new to the movie pass uh, beat, but uh, yeah. I'm a new convert. And you've already gonna... got, you've done two movies I did already. two movies in two days with it, uh, and I, I will <laughs> be going again this weekend to <laughs> see other things with it. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I pre-ordered a uh, I'd have to pre-order my opening night for Thor Ragnarok. I mean, that was yeah, very necessary. We're doing it. Uh, we're watching it this weekend in one of those theaters that's like, is it, was it 4D where the whole floor is Oh, you're shakes. doing that? Yeah. I've still never done that. Tickets are pretty <laughs> expensive. I've always I've always wanted to do it, and I should do it at some point. We need to go all the way to Century City. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've been curious, though, uh, just just for the effect. Like, I remember almost going to, like, one of the Fast and the Furious movies in yeah. it. You know, you feel like you want to experience one of those things like yeah. that. So, yeah. Well, that's why I did, I did uh, San Andreas, just to get the earthquake effect. No, that's Even a good though, choice. you know, as a native Angelino, I know what earthquakes <laughs> <Right>. feel like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But why not experience <laughs> yeah. it again? <laughs> but yeah, so um, if you guys need more Asgardians uh, things to fulfill your needs, you know, take it all the way to our Marvel channels, Marvel.com, yep. Marvel YouTube. We got endless clips and interviews, yep. um, cute little tidbits with Kate Blanchett and uh, Chris Hemsworth and Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We got all sorts of Thor going on. But wait, there's more. Um, speaking of the Asgardian guards, gods, and the guards, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a brand new Funko short that also debuted this week that stars Thor and his mischievous brother Loki. Uh, it's called, and I'm going to try to say it right, Christine, Mjolnir Mischief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Mew Mew Mischief. <laughs> Which finds the two brothers battling once more uh, with a, a certain hammer at stake. Yes. Uh, and it's adorable. Well, I also feel like with the Funko shorts, since there's no dialogue, it basically just sounds like they're saying Mimi anyway. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, the Thor the Dark World callback of the Mimi joke is <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, um, I'm, I'm actually, uh, t- no. I can't remember what day, of, what day of Saturday or Sunday this weekend. One day this weekend, um, I'm going to uh, be catching up a friend of mine who has a few gaps in his MCU uh, viewing, but wants oh. to catch up. So we're going to be doing like an all-day view-a-thon. So. That's, that is a good plan. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the weather changing. Exactly. We actually are not having blazing hot weather in L.A., yeah. and I'm very happy about that. I know. So now that's why I'm going to take the chance to watch my friend Dahmer in a gloomy <laughs> theater by myself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll text Mark Strom to let him know. <laughs> he keeps trying to tell me one day he'll write uh, a graphic novel called My Friend Christine. But I'm like, I I was a serial killer. I wouldn't get caught. <laughs> Only maybe po- post-mortem if I decide to let people know. <laughs> Now I've got the, the Saw reveal music, the music that plays at the end of each Saw. Christina hasn't seen the Saw movies, but at the end of each Saw movie, when they have the big reveal, you know, if you've seen Saw movies, if you're listening, you know the music I'm talking about that plays with the, oh my God, this person was in on it. Music. <laughs> <laughs> That's Christine's theme. <laughs> um, but then also in the world of TV, tune in tonight or... I guess anytime that you're listening to this yes. for the penultimate episode of Marvels and Humans on ABC at 9 p.m. 
And then uh, we're getting closer to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back for season five. And we had a cool reveal of uh, four new characters that were going to be in that new season. Uh, you can check out the full gallery on Marvel.com with the full write-ups on Deke and Tess and Flint and Grill and everything about them. Uh, and sort of get some, some clues, some tidbits about things to come. Uh, but I will just say that um, Eve Harlow plays Tess and she was on The 100. And <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm obsessed with The 100. <laughs> so I'm very excited yeah. uh, that she'll be playing Tess on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. Yeah, and I think everyone will really delight in Deke, who's played by Jeff Ward. Yep. Um, he is just um, really hilarious. But, you know, he is... Well, I actually should not actually never say anything else. Yeah. yeah. You guys just have to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the other two things we can say about the other characters uh, is that Flint uh, may have his roots in some comic books. Uh, and that Grill play is played by Taylor Van- Vince, who's a really familiar character actor who actually just did a couple episodes of Stranger Things Season 2 amongst, like, a million other credits. He was on Walking Dead for a while. <laughs> Different things. But he's definitely... Uh, he's always a great actor. So check it out. And Season 5 is coming soon on... Friday, December 1st at 8 p.m. on ABC. Yeah, it'll be a two-hour premiere. But yeah, so I will throw it back to the East Coast for their Twim URC with Arthur Parsons. But um, as you know, if you need more Thor in your life, Mm -hmm. everything in games uh, is tied to um, our film release. That's right. That's right. There's lots of Ragnarok going on for you. Yes. Multimedia. Yeah. So... Definitely tweet at us to let you know, let us know what you think of the film. This week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Alright, we're back and we've got our Twim URC se- uh, segment now. Yep. And we brought in a very special guest. A ringer, if you will. Yep. From Across the pond, as they say, right? That's the thing they say. Yeah, the land of tea and yeah. scones. Yeah. yeah, land of the rising sun. Yep, <laughs> uh, the uh, the crescent city itself. Uh, we've got <laughs> Arthur Parsons here, uh, head of design for TT Games and Hi. Lego Marvel Superheroes too. Yeah. So what's Hi. going on? How are you doing? I, I'm very good. Yeah. I'm very glad to be in your secret offices. Yeah. yeah, finally. Yeah. Oh, finally. This is what, the third game it's together? It's taken three games to get an invite, guys. It's true. I was showing you around yesterday, and I was just assuming that you had already seen everything, so I, I wasn't doing no. my normal pointing out of things. <laughs> I felt very bad. I didn't give you a proper tour. Just kind of dragged you up to the to our new floor yeah. and went from there. It's cool, though. It's, not, it, it's an awesome place to yeah. work. Yeah. we got to get you some stuff to give to Lily, too. Oh, yeah. she'll be super stoked. Yeah, we'll find, I've got a drawer now full of things yeah. <laughs> so i'll let you be the first person to go into the drawer, drawer and be like, of things mm, that would be perfect has the drawer got a name yeah not drawer, yet drawer, drawer of a, things mm, oh. i want it to be project more pegasus Marvelous. project pegasus there we go perfect perfect uh that's what yeah. i'm here for so twim urc um is where we you know task our, le- our our readers and ourselves with reading some books on marvel unlimited and then we come together to talk about them and uh so We've got, as part of our big holiday extravaganza that's going over the course of, like, two months. Yeah, seriously. Um, I thought, why don't we just dive into some old holiday issues? There's so many good holiday comics that it made sense to just, like, stretch this out over things. So I think for every – there's some cool just holiday specials 
which we which I found on Marvel Unlimited. But I think for each one of these, we're going to do one holiday special and then one issue of an actual comic. I think that's a nice balance. No, yeah, I think that worked out well. Yeah. Um, so, Arthur, you graciously accepted this, not knowing what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> obviously, you have a deep well of comic book knowledge. You've been reading for a long time. Yeah. What are your favorite comics in general, not even just these like these ones? Uh, for me, I like... I like the really old comics, and I know mm-hmm. that I know that might seem weird, but um, they were the sort of ones that, when I was growing up as a kid, they were really hard to come by in the UK um, because we had other comic books. Um, American comic books weren't a sort of like really big thing, so I kind of like reading the ones that I maybe missed out on in my mm-hmm. youth, um, and and I like the older ones because there's stuff in them that's just really weird and, and eccentric and slightly bizarre um mm. you know bizarre sort of ideas of, of what the the writers and the artists had of of the future because these things were kind of set in what i consider to be real life now but mm. you know it was the future back in the in the 60s and stuff so i i like just digging out old comics and i like the classic versions of characters um but at the same time um for lego marvel Superheroes 2 i had to actually read um, uh, the Gwenpool books and I also read um, Ryan North's uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl mm. and I just love the humour I, yeah. I, I love the fact that there's nothing is taken seriously in those books um, they're really funny and, and so it's good that I get to read comics for, for, yeah. for, for work I want to ask you though I mean it's interesting that you're reading the new comics for work but a lot of the ways you sub- you describe the older comics whether it's eccentric or kind of out there that's kind of the tone I get from Lego Marvel superheroes do you feel like that kind of carries over into the game your love of the older comics even if that's not necessarily like the base material you're working off of I, I think yeah I, it's probably because there's a there's quite a lot of us that work on the game that have a strong creative influence and so um, some of my younger team members you know they're they're effectively in their early 20s and and they're reading current books and, mm-hmm. and that's what they kind of started reading um, whereas the, sort of like the, the more fossil-like people like me, <laughs> we, we started reading comics a, uh, you know, a, a lot longer ago, and so there, there is that nice balance in between. Mm-hmm. But then when we're having our design meetings, there's a really great crossover where you know, I'll bring something up that's from an old book, and then they'll bring something up from a new book, and then you can kind of cross them over, and you can, you can kind of put both in. And so that's why in the in the game you've got things like you know Kirby's uh, old cap, you know Wild West cap, mm-hmm. but at the same time we've got a whole Gwenpool mission um, that is actually Gwenpool uh, number one. It, it, it's a retelling of that. That's awesome. Um, and there's another one that that has Chipmunk Hunk, uh, Koi Boy, and Squirrel Girl. Uh, going on a mission against uh, Modok, which is kind of a little bit of a, a, a cat sort of doffing, I suppose, to um, to Ryan North. So mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to do a bit of everything. It's kind of what we like as individuals. Yeah. And then if you package it up as a whole thing, it, it keeps everyone happy. Yeah. And you have Catwolf in there. Yeah. Yeah. We spotted Catwolf. We had to scour some comics, I tell yeah. you. So, you know, Catwolf was, was easy to find, but when you're looking for... Egyptian Avengers. Um, yeah, I saw Horus up there. That's good stuff. Yeah, and and medieval English stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to find stuff like that, um, which is great that I've got Marvel Unlimited at my fingertips. That's right. Um, Look at that. What a segue. I yeah. know. <laughs> so we chose for this this first round of the holiday Twim URC. Uh, these were your picks, Ben. Yes, they were. Um, uh, Spider-Man's Tangled Web. 
number 21. And um, that one, I, I, I went into this not knowing who the creative teams were or whatever. Mm. I just like opened it up and it was like nice excited. surprise. Yeah, it was a huge, yeah. delightful surprise that it was Darwin Cook and yep. Jay Bone. Because that, Darwin, you know, he's he passed on, that's what, like a year and a half oh, now? A yeah. uh, year and a half, I believe. Um, but one of the great comic storytellers of our generation. Uh, and he does not have a large body of Marvel work. Not at all. Uh, he did, so he did the Wolverine Dupe yep. limited series. Yeah. What else? Did he do some guest shots on Ecstatics, or am I making that up? Yeah, I, uh, he might have. I think he may have. Um, and there's not a ton more. Yeah, I think that's really, that's you know, about like it. Probably a couple other random issues that we don't have off hand, but yeah. this one being a full you know, one-off in Tangled Web. Now, for the listener who isn't sure, what is Tangled Web? What is Tangled Web? Tangled Web was Oh, like you're a, asking me? Yes. <laughs> Tangled Web was a sort of anthology series where each month different creators, we had a chance to come in and tell a one-and-done Spider-Man story. There's some really great stuff in there. There's that classic, might have been a two-part Rhino story um, called Flowers for Rhino, where Rhino gets really smart and he basically has a great life and then it starts wearing off and it's this whole sad thing about him going back to being dumb rhino um there's the amazing one i believe it's in tangle web of uh crusher hogan i was gonna say that's by raven yeah that raven wrote well, that's a great story it's a really like good story. diving into the psyche and the history and like who the guy was that was the the wrestler yeah. that spider-man beat the last panel is him walking out to go get beat by spider-man yeah. it's incredible it's uh we may have to do a whole tangled yeah. web collection yeah we it's may a have really, to. it's a really good book yeah but um it's cool and arthur you read issue 20 <laughs> as well yeah. as 21 was I, that yeah i did because i'm i like i'm not um i hate to say this i'm not someone that reads spider-man books so much okay um so um you know when it was this i was like not knowing what the the Tangle Web series was, it was like, oh yeah, I need to get some context. I'm going to go and read some other issues around mm-hmm. it, and and, I, and and then realized it was kind of one shots. But um, yeah, I read issue twenty, and it was that's pretty harsh. That's kind of telling the story of why like Jameson is like he is. Yeah. Um, and you know, you feel this tiny little tinge of like sadness for him. Um, mm-hmm. Wears off very quick. But. Sure. Well, I, that's a theme yeah. this is this, this say, episode. I was going to say, if there's a star of this episode, it's certainly J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He was in both comics that we read. Um, you know, not to jump ahead, but we'll deal with Tangled Web in a second. But we also read the Marvel 2004 Holiday Special, which had three stories. There was an X-Men story. There was a Fantastic Four story. And there was a Jameson story. Yeah. Um, basically, Jameson redoing... Uh, the night before Christmas. Yeah, um, and in you know we or had, a Christmas Carol rather not night before Christmas. Right. Uh, we had Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man yep. that we talked about earlier oh in the God. show. Which so much Jameson, big Jameson issue. Yeah. It's like you know, and that's actually our new segment for this week too. Yeah, just talking more about Jameson. Triple J all over the place. All over the place. But yeah, number twenty is also called Behind the Mustache. It's like <laughs> how much better could it be? Oh, yeah. um, brilliant. So yeah, that that's also a good episode, uh, yeah. sort of uh, book if people go and want to just read that one after they've read Twenty One. Since we have that as a title for a comic book, I bet I can use that for something. Yeah, you since should. Since we already probably have we that have, yeah, legally <laughs> as ours. <laughs> it's a good thing to know. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So diving into Tangled Web number Twenty One, it's a uh, it's a nice comic. It stars not just Spider Man, but also the Invisible Woman, Crystal. Um, Medusa, <laughs> is that uh, like sad wasp? crystal? Yeah, wasps in there. Is crystal in the game? 
Uh, yeah, Crystal's in the game. Thank goodness. And Medusa. So. Well, no, Medusa's fine, but... Uh, <laughs> ben, ben is very much against Crystal. Huh. He yeah. dislikes Crystal. It's a childhood thing. Okay. goes way back. I, I, I'd have to pay you if I really wanted to talk uh, about it in depth. Right, okay. Um, I, I don't have a couch that's yeah, like, exactly. suitable. Yeah, but this this one, it's got a lot of Fantastic Four stuff in it. Yeah. It's kind of a crossover. It's um, What happens is... Invisible Woman, Wasp, and Crystal go shopping, but they're also looking for Medusa, who's gone missing. They end up at the mall where Flash Thompson is playing Spider-Man in the middle of a blizzard. Not just the mall. They go to the big, like, the flagship Macy's in okay. New York yeah, City. Yeah, that was, there was a point to that. Yeah, the flagship Macy's in New York City, which, you know, has a, lo- a big history mm-hmm. um, in New York in the holiday time. I believe Miracle on 34th Street, the classic uh, holiday movie, is set with uh, the Santa Claus mm-hmm, is at mm-hmm. uh, Macy's over there. Yeah, very nice. Yep. Um, the but you you also you have Spider Man who is you know swinging around in the middle of this blizzard mm-hmm. and he comes across a group of orphaned kids who have been lost from their the rest of their school chums as will, as happens regularly right, in New York right totally I will say that inexplicably twice I tried to read this comic one time I just I had other stuff to do so I didn't get around to it but both times. Um, I have a three-month-old at home, and for some reason, the orphans made me think of, like, my three-month-old. It made me really sad, and I was, like, (laughs) overcome with emotion. (laughs) They don't even have a huge part in the book. It was just really weird. I don't know. Um, See, I got got hung up on a crystal unicorn. It's like the the, the guy wants a crystal unicorn, the the, the start of the story, which I thought was a great page, by the way, just the visuals on on, on page two is lovely. Um, So then, obviously, Spider-Man's going to get this crystal unicorn, Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, why do you want a crystal unicorn? Yeah. And I'm like really excited then, like, what is it about unicorn? I love unicorns, and and like, yeah, you know, I, I just got hung up on that, and then it was just, then there was no mention of the crystal unicorn. I was really sad until yeah. the end, but yeah. sorry, that was just a second. I feel like Black Bolt would have loved that crystal unicorn. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they should have gotten it for him. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, the uh, there's also the, the the I love the page that. We see Reed in the lab, mm-hmm. and the like. Sue and Crystal and Janet—they're all like you know talking, and Reed's being you know Reed and kind of aloof and jerkish yep. as he is wont to be. Yep. But uh, nobody's favorite member of the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards. Yeah, um, Jonathan as, Hickman as he's, though as he's gave known. Reed such a great. Like, he did, but voice. I would like to ask Jonathan if, if Reed is even his favorite. It's fair because I've always said that. I've always said Reed Richards, great character. Uh, nobody's favorite member of the Fantastic yeah. Four. Nobody you want to hang no out No one says, I love Mr. Fantastic. It's always, uh, it's always the torch to the thing or the invisible one. Yeah. But you have, like, the Darwin Cook, J-Bone, uh, well, it's mostly J-Bone art with Darwin Cook on inks mm-hmm. for, like, these pages. And there's the beautiful Kirby-esque machinery and backgrounds. It's so simple, but uh, it's so good. It's gorgeous. I love that panel of just Reed looking through the eyeglass. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's a simple thing, but yep. it's beautiful. Totally. Uh, Underlight, yeah, so you have Flash Thompson mm-hmm. is, why, like, I, I love it because, like, Flash Thompson, <laughs> he is dressing, a, he's a mall Santa, yep. but a mall Spider-Man. Mall Spider-Man. You know, he's a character appearance. Sure. He's like, yeah, this I, is I, got, I got completely hung up on that. Yeah. I was like, that's Agent Venom, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's all I had in my head because, because like, not too long ago, we, we revealed a, Agent Venom for the game, who is Flash Thompson. Yeah. And I'm reading Flash Thompson. I was like, dude, is Agent Venom in here? Why is Agent Venom Spider-Man? Yeah. And it, I, I, I think that's my problem. I get, I get all 
like tangled with everything um, mm. when I'm reading a comic book. Like a tangled so, web, yeah, if you will. What a tangled web we weave. <laughs> yep. um, but, but yeah, yeah, Flash Thompson is yeah. That was that was quite cool. Yeah, and I love Darwin throws so much. There's so much into the story and little things that get you know dropped in here and there. Mm-hmm. You've got like the jerk manager at mm. Macy's and his assistant. Great character. Yeah, that guy. He's a prick. Yep. And his assistant woman is, like, she says something. Long suffering. Yeah, she's just thinking, like, oh, this guy, he's the worst. I like that they do with Flash the whole, like, he's Spider-Man's number one fan. So he's like, oh, I can play Spider-Man, no problem. I like the ongoing stuff we've got going with Jonah, of course, the the star of our issue, uh, as he brings the kids out to Macy's. Basically, they get word that Spider-Man is robbing the store because a mystery villain puts Spider-Man under their control they turn him into a criminal. He starts robbing the place. Same with Medusa. It was just very like, it was one of those things where it's nice when you can tell a story where the threat doesn't feel so overwhelming. Like, oh my God, this could mm. be the end of the world. This is just, you know, a simple mischief almost. Yeah. But uh, but it's still very, you know, uh, it's still very villainous. Yeah. Uh, speaking of villains, you've got Puppet Master yeah. here. Oh, there's the big reveal. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. But sorry oh, for wanted, people <laughs> reading this. I wanted to ask you, Ben, mm. the way that when Puppet Master, you know, puts his mojo on people, yes. they start saying, like, uh, oop, op, eep. I think that was an affectation created for this issue by Darwin. And oh, okay. I wasn't that's sure not, if I had. That's not an established thing. Got I it. Thought that was, I thought that I was loved cute. It. I thought it was yeah. cute. I thought it was cute. It was, it was a nice, lot of fun. Nice touch. Totally. You were looking at one of my favorite panels, Arthur, uh, that, the splash page that had Medusa when they're in this big fight. Medusa, she's you know under uh, the control of the puppet master, and they're having this big fight, this big throwdown in Macy's, and Medusa and her hair mm. just walloping Crystal and Invisible Woman and Wasp. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is, and I think this that's one of the things about the art in this particular book like Medusa pops on every page that Medusa's on because of the, the 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 way the colors are set for everything else she just like really fires off on every page it's yeah. it's really cool especially cuz a lot of people might not really know much about Medusa until like obviously the recent TV show it's to be able to go back to the books and see like what she's about i think it's great and to see just how vibrant and colorful she is yeah. i think yeah. she's a great character absolutely i think also something worth noting is Medusa's power can be a little tough to draw because you have to get really, almost for lack of a better word, granular with um, doing each strand of hair and, you know, really making it look like this could realistically happen, like this hair could extend from here to here. It's a real thing to draw. And J-Bone just goes all in on drawing it. He, uh, He does not shy away. At all, he doesn't take any shortcuts. He really draws her powers at their fullest, and it's it's beautiful when you see it like that. Yeah, and throwing around the the bowling ball and mm. stuff like that. <laughs> that was awesome. It's so fun. Yeah. Here are my three fingers of hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the puppet master look. I mean, all credit to Kirby mm-hmm. for coming mm-hmm. up with this look that has been you know sort of refined over the years. The eyes, yeah. that weird. He just looks like a creepster. Yeah, he always does. And he like is. And that's fine. Yeah. That's going to really worry me now over the holiday season. Is every Santa puppet master? Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably something you should be aware, yeah, be aware of. of. And, you know, just keep be, your... Just be vigilant. Yeah. Just in is case. what I would say. Yeah. You know? If you see a Santa something, say, say a Santa something. Uh, you, you did it. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. You did it. Um, but, I love the splash page at the end. It's yeah, beautiful. well, there, there's the double page splash that sort of 
sets everybody up and having giving them a nice happy holiday moment. Mm-hmm. You know, those little like setting it up as like ornaments on a tree. It's really it's it's just so pretty and so nice. Yep. And then that final bit of like happy holidays, everybody, and it's got the characters from the story. It's really great. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a really nice tale. I I really enjoyed it. It got me right in the heartstrings. Um, and yeah, again, I, I I know I already said this. It was cool the way they weaved a threat into it, but without the threat overwhelming the characters of the story and just the fun kind of celebratory nature of the whole thing. It was great, and uh, it was just a feel good story. Yeah, and and you even get a smiling Jameson. Yeah, yeah, totally. How, how, yeah, that's super rare. Look at that zooming super in. Super rare. That's what technology has brought us. Oh yeah, that's and that's his, that's his wife Marla. There you go. Oh, Marla. And oh, Marla. Eat, eating gingerbread men in yeah. holiday season. Yeah. As as one is wont to do, I is suppose. It, is that the human torch in the window? In the background, yeah. In the window, wow. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just this is a cool back page. off to the Baxter building probably. Yeah. yeah. Our, yeah, our yeah, work here is too. done. Yeah. Yeah, we've done our thing. So Marvel Holiday Special 2004 uh, begins again with Jameson. Um Yeah, this one is, uh, so the sort of the wraparound is written by Tom DeFalco, mm-hmm. uh, former editor-in-chief yeah. and uh, creator of... Uh, Thunderstrike. Thunderstrike, Spider-Girl. Spider-Girl as yeah, well. many more. You like how I went immediately yeah. with Thunderstrike? I'm like, it's creator of Thunderstrike, yeah. obviously. <laughs> obviously. That's Thunderstrike in the game? That's what he's known for. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, there. Save some for the third one. Yeah. You need... There you go. Pitch for the third one. Thorcore. We're going to say the exact same thing. (laughs) At the same time. But I went ahead. Yeah. Dargo Kator, Mm -hmm. who is the future Thor. He's like a heavy metal Thor. Yep. It's awesome. Giant spikes. Yep. You know? He's got like chaps and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, chaps. Better Ray Bill. Better Ray. Who's great. Okay. Is he not in the game? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he yeah is he's in the game. game. I figured yeah. he'd be in the game. Yeah. He sense. rates. He's a big star. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, not, he's no Thunderstrike. Poor Thunderstrike. <laughs> I know. Just lost to the annals of time. And his, like, his like budget, you know, dime store hammer yep. on a chain. What was his hammer called? S- slap face? Slap face, yeah. Yeah, that's let's the say one. slap face. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 not in on this. That's all right. We're, I'm we're, sorry. We're gonna, we're gonna, once we stop rolling, we'll uh, we'll look this up. Yeah, we're really. <laughs> when you see the visuals, you will not be able yeah. to resist. It's okay. Got the ponytail. Yeah. It's got the sleeveless leather jacket. Just think jacket. about it. All right. Yeah. If there's a chance to ever do another game, think about the Thor core. Yeah. Okay. The Thor core. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in there. All right. Back to the holiday story. <laughs> yes, uh, please. Uh, Jonah's holiday carol is uh, drawn by Takeshi Miyazawa. I, re- I was super excited to see totally. Takeshi Miyazawa here. Um, and with the, colors by Christina Strain. Yeah, this is a this is I mean this was a top flight creative team to bring on to a uh, holiday special. Oh, sure. and you know, look at this, young Nick Lowe yeah. was the assistant editor on oh, this. Oh boy, I didn't know that. Way back that when color. was he the assistant editor? Well, here he's credited as dog with antlers. So we'll assume that's assistant. That's editor. assistant editor. Uh, Ralph Macchio is the editor on the book. Uh, Joe Casada and Dan Buckley also credited in here. Uh, but yeah, so we've got this, uh, you know. Everybody working on like Christmas time. Yep. Uh, yeah. It doesn't give a date, but you know, right around the holidays. Uh, they're having their holiday parties. Yeah, they're about to have the holiday party at the Bugle, and Jonah's giving people guff, mm-hmm. making people work. Yep. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I just makes I w- them pay for the catering. That is <laughs> that. that is great touch. Low. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm throw you guys a holiday party. You're paying for it. 
but he's letting them like have the the office space. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. his that's his that's his contribution. The rental right? space yeah. would be several hundred dollars. So yeah. especially in New York, yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess yeah, he's very generous. So very anyways, generous. Jonah, uh, that what happens is there's some action going on down by the docks. There's some supervillains who are attacking. I like that um, when we first hear from Ben Yurik. He's like, this is end of the world level stuff. Like, this is bad. And then when they go back later in the story, it's like absorbing man and the, the wrecking crew. And I'm like, those guys are end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this isn't that. This isn't that bad. The Avengers are going to beat them. They always do. But it would I do seem. like. I do like the sense of peril yeah. uh, created by Ben Yurik. But yes, uh, Jonah Jameson says, "All right, I'm going to go check and see." How the TV news is covering this, but we learned that when he says he's going to go check how the TV news is covering it, it really means he's going into his office to take a nap. And as, as, a nap. as people do, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. of course. Yeah. I've got to go check the TV news is yeah. the thing I want to use from now on. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely too. using that. We have a couch in the office now, so we can do that. It's not well hidden at all. Do me a favor. Yeah. Never fall asleep on that couch. I was going to say, that Please seems don't. like the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> yep. I <laughs> definitely I, want you here, so I, don't I've, fall asleep on that couch. <laughs> I've got to check the TV news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, you know, watching a little TV sends Jonah to sleep. He goes to sleep, and it just goes right into the screen. Right into it. Yep. I, I, yeah. It's so cool that it's just a Christmas carol, but yeah. like the characters that are turning up, it's just... It's a great rendition of that classic story. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not quite sure how it how it kind of how Dickens would feel, but oh, um, he would love it. I, I know Charlie. Dickens he would have loved yeah. it. Chuck's a big comics. Fan. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> uh, my favorite take Dickens story on uh, nope. My favorite take <laughs> on on that story is Scrooged. The uh, Bill Murray movie. I my, thought you were going to say Muppet my, Christmas Carol. Muppets, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Muppet great. Christmas Carol was great. Hundred percent. Scrooge Scrooge is the movie I watch every Christmas. Yeah. You know I'm not a big holiday not guy. Not a big holiday guy at all. It is always the thing that helps me get to a point where that's I'm like tolerant. Is, yeah, right. and like at the end I'm like, yeah, let's everybody be happy and, yeah. and think about others, <laughs> and it's great. Uh, so Scrooge is mine, but this is a nice version of it. And of course, the first one to visit him is Norman Osborn in chains. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's great. I love that. I mean, because that's supposed to be his old partner comes and visits Scrooge yeah, and, and I basically guess, warns him. Uh, they're, I, they're business contemporaries, sure. So it works totally. Uh, he's got that, and you know, start to see. Uh, all right, so someone has to bring him to the past. Naturally, it's Captain, Captain America. America. Perfect choice. Yep. I wish they'd been dressed a little more like ghosts. That's my one criticism. <laughs> yeah, it looks very much like they've just, just walked into just the him. office. Yeah, it just looks like normal cat. And and that's maybe why he's quite because he's quite dismissive. That, yeah. Maybe that's why he's so dismissive. He's like, oh, it's, it's you. Like, you don't look America. very ghostly at all. No big deal. Yeah. yeah, I think it would have been a nice visual touch. Yeah, there's a really great character thing in here, talking about Jonah as a kid and loving the superheroes of his youth, and then Takeshi. And the team, like, mimicking the Carl Burgos style for Submariner and, like, the old-timey-looking comic art on this one panel that we're looking at Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, Jonah's childhood room. I thought that was just super cool. It was cool. Very cool. Yeah. So then we get Cap kind of taking him to the past, saying, like, look, you didn't always hate superheroes. And then takes him to, uh, I like this too, the the X-Men fighting Magneto. Yeah. And you know what I like here, though, is that he's like... The X-Men didn't make a big deal about helping save the world. You know, they just did it. And I was kind of like, 
yeah, that's their thing. Yeah. They're they're feared and hated. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, they didn't really get into that much. If they tell people, they're going to get backlash. Exactly. They'll just stay mum. Yeah, when yeah. Captain America was basically saying, I was like, they could have used a better example here. That's fair. The X-Men were not a good example. Yeah. Can we give love to Things Hat? Oh, Things Hat is brilliant. Things and, Hat. and the way Takeshi Miyazawa draws Thing, oh, yeah. really putting every little rock, having its own texture, great stuff. I, I just love the way that the thing is just—he's furious that he's wearing that. <laughs> yeah. hat. You, you can just tell it's like, yeah. you know, that's that's no like mom's apple pie. It's just—he's <laughs> not happy there, is he? Aunt, Aunt Petunia um, would be one of his sayings there. Yep. Aunt, Aunt yep. Petunia's hat, no way. Yeah, and then like the first stop is like, hey, look at my family. We're mm-hmm. great. Yeah, this we're is the, the best. best. <laughs> <laughs> like he takes him to the to the Baxter Building, and everybody's happy, and it's a good time. And then immediately goes over to uh, Peter Parker's, the, the Parker residence, yep. where May is very, she's like frail and, and down May, yep. and Mary Jane is trying to take care of her. Peter's not there. Yep. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, then we go back once again to the action. The Avengers are fighting the Wrecking Crew. Is this, was it in the cap sequence that Peter Parker almost got crushed by the crates? No, that, in that's one. in this one. That's right here. Yeah, that's in this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, a Peter Parker who almost gets crushed by crates by, what is that? Bulldozer? Pile no. driver, bulldozer, one of them. Yeah, it's not Thunderball. Not Thunderball and not the Wrecker. Right, because they, the they have distinctive weapons. <laughs> yeah, the other two, yeah. the other two are I think interchangeable. This is, I think this is uh, I think it's bulldozer. bulldozer. I think you're right. Pile driver is the purple one. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, we get to see, you know, like this part here where they go to the bar and they see John Jameson. Mm. That was a bummer. And I had, like, I know this was supposed to be like Christmas Carol is not a particularly uplifting story <laughs> for the first, you know, three quarters or so. Yeah. If anything is going to kind of make him kind of sit up and take notice, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is that moment of reality of like, look, come on. Yep. Uh, but we, yeah, we get this moment where now it's starting to hit Jonah that oh. The life I've lived, I have, you know, done poorly against yeah. my people. Uh, and then finally... Goes to the future. Spider-Man. Yeah. Again, not looking like a ghost. Nope. But, you know. <laughs> but bring, it, bring in the sadness. Yeah. Uh, you, looking at all those same things and... Like, well, he talks about how basically they, uh, the Avengers lost this big fight at the waterfront. How, I have no idea, because, again, it's the Wrecking Crew. But somehow they lost it, and then... One would assume they brought Doctor Doom into the mix. I guess. Because they Dr. showed Doom there. With, with the Wrecking Crew yeah. here, so... So Doom somehow interferes, takes out the heroes, and then things just keep getting worse. Um, and we kind of see what would a world without superheroes be like, and Jameson gets scared straight, Yeah, yeah. so to say. And, it, uh, and it, it's like, it's on Jameson. It's like, it's your fault that, like, one by one, the superheroes have just losing and being mm-hmm. taken down and, 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 and it's bad times and, and it's on you. Yeah. Uh, but it, ha- it has its nice ending and mm-hmm. it, it feels really good. Uh, there'll be a coda later in the issue that we'll get to but we have another one of these happy holidays yep. moments which is... everyone. It always says happy holidays everyone. Yeah. I love the, the snapshots in time that mm-hmm. these give us as well. So you've got like this uh, X-Men team in their Astonishing X-Men I Yes. Think, no, it's definitely the Astonishing team. Um, this was 2004. Yeah. So this was right when Astonishing was starting off. Yeah. You I just want to know how things stood there. It's like, who, how's, he, how's he like in midair there? <laughs> I mean, he's a ghost. In reality. Like, well, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, or maybe Sue has everyone on an invisible that platform. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. You get the no prize. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then if I, I, I love the last bit, which Jonah getting the bill. Mm-hmm. So good. 
Uh, we get a, an X-Men story. So sad. Do you remember this character? No. Wither. He was a uh, he was a Yost and Kyle X new X-Men. Uh-huh. I think he may have actually been they inherited him from the people who did the who did new X-Men before them. Right. Uh, Nunzio Di Filippis and Christina can't remember her last name. I apologize. Um, but they created Wither, who was this poor character who could not touch anyone or anything because they would wither up and die. Oh, gosh. Um, and of all the people for Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who is the writer of this, currently works on the show Riverdale. Oh, you mean the town near where the I live? The town near you live, where you live in the Bronx. Right, right, yeah. I'm familiar um, with that yeah. town near where I live called Riverdale. In the Bronx. <laughs> um, but he does a nice little X-Men story here, which is centered around... Emma Frost and Scott Summers, um, all the other teachers and students take the, the holidays off. They go home to be with their families. Emma and Scott are going to go off to where, – where's the island This was to? my favorite thing. Yeah. They were going to Pleasure Island for Christmas. Yeah. They were basically just going to have a debaucherous, yeah. bone zone-tastic <laughs> holiday. It was just going to be filthy yep. and just – they were going to be lubed up for yeah. days. And Cyclops <laughs> – and I love – as, as re- it's realistic that when Emma says, all right, we can't go on our vacation. We have to stay with this poor kid with her who's like no family wants to take him in. Scott's Scott's like devastated. Yeah, he's like, he's uh, like, come on, man. He's like, you know, what, ha- what happened to my fun? <laughs> he's oh, like, I need this. Yeah. Like, don't you understand how hard my life is? My whole world is red. <laughs> I need Pleasure Island. Have you ever seen that, you ever seen that meme where uh, Cyclops goes, Roses are red, violets are red, everything's red. I hate my life. <laughs> yes, I have. It's so, it's so great. Uh, but yeah, you have like Emma being like this really like sweet. She wants to help. Well, here's the thing: we don't remember. We sometimes forget about Emma. She's kind of a rhymes with witch, but she's like a really good teacher. Like the people she cares about are her students. So if one of her students is in trouble, she's going to rise to the occasion to uh, take care of that student. Which yeah. he does here. Totally. They uh, Instead of leaving with her, Kevin alone, they basically take him out on a, a good like a good Christmas in New York. Yep. I love that they go to FAO Schwartz, mm-hmm. which is no longer there anymore. Mm. They go to the AMC Lowe's mm-hmm. on uh, 42nd Street, which is still yep, there. Still there. Uh, you know, they, they they go to see the Rockettes, which is right across the street from our office. Yep. Uh, it's just little neat things like very New York City. Uh, which I dug. Yeah. And it, it becomes a sweet story. And that last page. So heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. man. That is just like, yeah, Emma Frost just breaks your heart there. A uh, whole thing drawn by Roger Cruz, mm-hmm. who worked on X-Men First Class. Right. Uh, the comic, not the movie. <laughs> um, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, and then we get this third story. This third story I found really interesting. Yeah. Like, it's a fantastic four-story talking about God and religion. Yeah, it gets really deep into that. It's another one by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Yeah. Um, Duncan Rulo on art, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, it's like Franklin Richards trying to find out the meaning behind Christmas and in talking to his relatives, his parents and his uncles, you're right, they get a lot into kind of the religiousness of the holiday. They don't shy away from that at all. Yeah, and he has to like write a paper or something yeah. for, for school. Which he's not writing, by the way. He's yeah. making Herbie write it. Which is, that's a move. Yeah, but I mean, what a little jerk. I was just sold straight away the fact that Herbie was in it. Yeah, right. I, I absolutely love Herbie. Is Herbie yeah. in the game? No, no, no. Right. There's no Herbie in okay. this game. Just Sorry, 
Herbie's great. Um, Herbie's great. But you get this great... Add him to the list. Thorcore Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Herbie's in Lego Marvel Superheroes 1. Oh, yes. there you so go. So if people want to like get their Herbie fixed, they can play that before they play the second one. There you go. Uh, but we got this great moment of such a vapid, like, garbage human that yeah. Johnny Storm Johnny is. Johnny Storm. Uh, He's the worst. <laughs> He's just like... And I like, like, generic girlfriend out of Central Casting. Yep. Who just happens to be there with him. With her crazy hair and just like, Johnny, <laughs> we should buy things for other people. Uh, she's like, did you yeah. get me something from Victoria's Secret? Yeah. And he's like, possibly. <laughs> yeah, she's not the sort you take this, home, right? No. <laughs> no way. This, this, The theme of this holiday special is just raunchiness. Yeah, and I just, love it. Yeah, it's just sex-fueled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but not at this next no. scene where he goes and he's like talking to his mom and then like has this really sweet thing where Sue is talking about like mm-hmm. she's not really a religious person and she wants to let the kids figure it out for themselves yep. but like she has the things that she wants to do for her faith right. and what connects to her and it's like an interesting thing that it she is. does in Christmas yeah I mean I think a lot of people can relate to that too I think there's a lot of people who maybe only go to church once a year and yeah. it's on Christmas so yeah. I think that was a very real thing to write in there and I like the way Sue's handled yeah I also love the thing where she's like yeah we're gonna go and we're gonna help out at this you know this this orphanage this mm-hmm. home and, and give you know presents and, and food and stuff to right. kids and, and Franklin's like but you do that all the time that is just such a like a simple sweet awesome thing yeah you know like yeah the that's what the Fantastic Four does. They yep. go and they help. Um, so it's really cool. And then uh, the whole stuff with, with Thing. <laughs> oh, I love the Thing part in this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one where he says me and Kitty Pryde are the only, the, the only Jewish superheroes. Yep. Poor Moon Knight. I know. <laughs> Everybody forgets Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's like... <laughs> I, I never knew the thing shaved. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's sold yeah. it for me. It's like, did the, 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 his hair grow through rock? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. I, I love his little blue towel yeah. um, for his modesty. But yeah. <laughs> and then he obviously looks like Santa Claus. It's yeah. just you know with his like with his shaving foam. <laughs> I, I somehow glanced right over that. <laughs> no, no, I, that I didn't notice any of this. That, that, that got burnt into my mind. Yeah. Sorry, it's just like the thing in a towel just yeah. stuck with me. It's beautiful. So. Yep. Then finishes up with Reed, who this is not where I was expecting them to no. go with Reed at all, but it totally makes sense and is justified by the scripting where Reed basically, Franklin asks him, you know, Mom seems to believe in God. Do you believe in a higher power? And Reed gives this great speech about, you know, me and three of my friends went up into space and we should have been killed by the radiation, but instead we got incredible powers and we get to come back to Earth and be heroes. How can I not believe in something more than me? Which is pretty powerful. Totally. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. You know, threading a little bit of faith that permeates a lot of the holidays for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah. Really neat. Good choices, yeah. Ben. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to uh, keep it for the next one. Arthur, what'd you think? I, I loved it. Because for me, I the, these stories are kind of what Marvel Comics are all about. Yeah. Not, not every single comic needs to be, oh, these heroes are going in, there's this big thing, and the big bad guy. It's like, I love it when the stories are... Uh, like they're real stories just using Marvel characters um, and, and they're telling stories for, for a reason um, they're, they're great and again it's great to see the appearance of so many you know varied characters it, it kind of reminds you why comics are so great yep. um, and more people should read comics yeah That's everybody so, should be reading comics everyone should be reading comics yeah and playing video games yeah like yeah. Lego Marvel <laughs> superheroes too exactly and then when you've done that go and see a movie um, yeah. <laughs> the thing that 
we were so we we did some other stuff with you while you're here in the office and you handed me the Nintendo Switch yeah. with the game on it. It's the best thing ever. You have to give that back. I no. Can't, I can't leave that with you. But it, why Ryan, not? It's on his side of the desk right now. Aww. Sorry. I, I, I have to take it back because on my way home I need to carry on playing Mario as well. <laughs> because if you've if 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 you've got a Nintendo Switch, then you have to have Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two and Mario. Yeah, I don't have it, I don't have either yet. You can't so. have one or the other, but you have to have com- have both. You have to have both. Buy a Nintendo Switch. Got it. Got it. Buy Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two and Mario. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that Switch came before Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two in that pitch. Oh yeah. Well, if you don't have a Switch, please buy Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two on yeah. PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PC. Obviously. There you go. There you go. Um, He's trained. November the fourteenth, it comes out, and and I I'm really excited for people to see. Because there's loads of comic book nods, so if you do love your comics, um, I challenge you to know everyone that's on the roster, and I challenge you to know all the little Easter egg references to comics. Because I, even I didn't. Get I was about to say I can't imagine even you know them, and I can't imagine Bill like it, because they come from so many different members of the team. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you know we get some of them, but then some of them are like people on my team just putting their own little touches and their own little spin on things that are from an issue of you know one comic they've read or they're from like a one shot or something um and i think that's where people will really get a kick out of it um for sure i can't wait i can't wait to see people's reactions i also can't wait wait to see people instead of going and smashing your desk like they did in lego marvel superheroes one they'll be able to come and smash up your convention yes so So that yeah very nice there's a cameo by uh yours truly good cameo in there i've seen it fantastic uh and there's a cool thing that arthur you showed us uh where some of the characters have phones and cameras, and they can take selfies. Yep. So, this week of Marvel listeners, please, if you get the game, when you get the game, mm. take a selfie with me in the background. I want to see that. Tag it. Hashtag this week of Marvel. I want to see those. Because I yeah. still, to this day, will get people saying, I'm sorry I smashed your desk. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that you still get yeah. those. And it makes like me four so years happy. later. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so happy. But now, you know, you'll actually see me running. You'll hear me. I recorded we, a ton of dialogue for the game. Yeah, we will hear you. Yeah. We, we will hear you um, in the same in the same Gwenpool bonus level um, as Greg Miller's character. So, like, two of my favorite people in the industry chatting in that same uh, level. That's cool. And he's Iron Duck, right? Yeah, he is. How yeah. the duck and Iron Duck. Yeah, yeah that's great. Mm. It, that's it's, it's good. Amazing. Makes me happy. Greg's a great sweetheart. Cool. Cool. That is a wrap for this episode of This Week in Marvel. Yeah, Arthur, right. fans can get you on uh, Twitter, Arthur underscore Parsons. Yep, hit, hit me up on Twitter, ask me silly questions, suggest silly things. And there's going to be lots more for us to talk about in the coming months because you've got DLC coming too. Oh, so much DLC, yeah. mm-hmm. um, including um, you know, as well as the great movie-inspired stuff like Black Panther and um, Infinity War. Um, we've also got uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, nice. um, which I'm really excited about. That is cool. As well as uh, a Champions pack, character pack, and an Out of Time character pack. This the, the DLC stuff's awesome. I'm excited to see the uh, the vast uh, Cloak and Dagger uh, library you get into with all their arch enemies, such as <laughs> Mr. Jit. I'm looking That's a at guy, you because yeah. I need you to their tell me. Their arch enemy is Mr. Jit. Okay. There you go. There you go. So I hope uh, we'll see him. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Milk and Cookies from the What the Comics. Do you even know Milk and Cookies? No idea. Do you know Milk and I, Cookies? I, I know the What the com- Comics. Yeah. What the had my favorite, like, sort of team. It was Milk and Cookies. Mm-hmm. Milk was sort of like Dagger in that she was small, she was white, she's milk. 
Hmm. And then Cookie's a giant hulking Cookie character. <laughs> oh, I've got to bring... I, what those yeah. are some of the only comics I actually Please. keep in my house at this All point. All right, I'd like to see it. Yeah. They're bizarre. They're great. Wolverina? Yeah. I know Wolverina. Yeah. We need a whole What the DLC pack. Sure. Yeah, I know. I, Make it happen. I'll like, see like, like, a, like a Marvel What the. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <gasps> That's something. On that note, this is Marvel, your universe. Marvel.